You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Do the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you. People call, say beware, doll. You're bound to fall. You thought they were all. I'm kidding you. You used to laugh about everybody that was hanging out. Now you don't talk so loud. Now you don't seem so proud. About having to be scrounging your next meal. How does it feel? How does it feel to be without a home? Like a complete unknown. Like a road. But you know you only used to get juiced in it. Nobody's ever taught you how to live out on the street, and now you're gonna have to get used to it. You say you never compromise with a mystery tramp, but now you realize he's not selling it. As you stare into the vacuum of his eyes and say, Do you want to make a deal? How does it feel? How does it feel?
exchanging all precious gifts But you better take a diamond ring You better pawn it, babe You used to be so amused At Napoleon in rags And the language that he used Go to him now, he calls you, you can't refuse When you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose Hey buddies, it's the Ron Fez Show on a Monday, November 18th, 2013. What a spectacular autumn day it is outside today. Perfect colors, uh, and they should all be gone by Thanksgiving. In a lot of places around the country, the the leaves have already fallen. We're still holding on in Manhattan. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Bob, Bob, you're on the Run of Fez show. It is a spectacular autumn day here in Virginia as well, but that show opening tune by Bob Dylan is the most spectacular show opener you have ever had. It may be. It may be. Who picked that one out? Well, that's got to be Mr. Chris Stanley, who's today's artist today is Bob Dylan, and it's only Bob Dylan from the 60s. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been running this uh, opener like this for so long, I think I'm ready for a change. I'm, I think I may be ready to get uh, rid of the uh, playlist and think of something new to jump into. Because like you said, how can you do any better with than what uh, I believe Rolling Stone called that the greatest song of all time? Yeah. And it, it, if they said it, it must be true, because they are the voice of music culture on the planet Earth. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Chris Stanley, big uh, weekend for you gambling. How, oh, not a big weekend <laughs> no. for you. Well, yeah, well yeah, uh, big loss weekend, sure. Right, what did you pick? What did you lose on? Uh, I lost on the lines. Line. I who saw the Steelers just. I did. Really? I wish you would ask me. I said, you watch. Uh, they shut them down in the second half. They put up, the Steelers put up thirty-seven points. What? What? Yeah. What happened? Those those cool uh, prison jerseys that they wear. <laughs> those cool prison jerseys are the way to go. Uh, the B team. That's because that's what they fucking looked like. It looked crazy. 
It's um, it's a hell of a look, the throwback thing. You know, when they used to just do it every once in a while, it was interesting. Um, now I've lost any interest in whatever ridiculous uniform people want to come out into. And I took uh, the Browns because I figured, hey, Andy Dalton's just looking like shit lately. And uh, Joe Hayden should shut down. I AJ. told you the other day, it's going to be Bengals all the way. You're fucking, you're, you're playing with fire, my friend. Yeah. You know why you gamble like this? Yeah. You hate yourself. I don't think I hate myself. You despise yourself. But, but look, if, if, if Andy Dalton's just a train wreck. He should he shouldn't have been throwing anything, and yet they they just destroyed the the. They, how can they not cover? You know, out of all the addictions, gambling is the one that I least understand. Uh, but they say that it's the most self-hating of any of the addictions. And Artie Lang, whose book is about being a, a crazy alcoholic, crazy pill head, uh, heroin addict, says gambling is the worst out of all the addictions that he has. A heroin addict <laughs> says, I've got to do uh, something better. Yeah. Something better than gamble. I it's just it's just so accessible. I mean, I just go on the internet and bam, I have you know I have my parlays or whatever. Don't act like you didn't go out and gamble before there was the internet. <laughs> Everyone turns around and blames everything on the goddamn internet all the time now. Also, took the Chiefs. That was a mistake. Um, that was something I regretted doing. You, uh, you're the only person who thought the Chiefs were going to uh, win that. I believed in the defense. Now, you know what? When I said that, blaming the internet, check this story out. Out of the, uh, out of Great Britain. New law that the, I think it's David Cameron is their yeah. prime minister. Rape porn. Possession or uploading. Three years in jail. Now listen to this, Chris. What? This is the thing. Whether it's simulated or real, which, by the way, I don't think I've ever seen real rape porn in my life. I hope I I'm haven't. sure it exists <laughs> in some horrific, you know, lower level thing. But simulated rape, uh, the rape fantasy, yeah, three years in prison. Then why not just start uh, arresting actors and actresses? Because apparently they're not treating these these porn porn people as actors and actresses. Um, you you make the point. First of all, uh, is there anything to do with a couple who fantasizes about a rape have uh, any connection at all? And is S and M bondage now considered? Simulated rape. I'm sure that they're going to bang. They're going to. This is an umbrella law. It sounds like, and then they'll just start grabbing whatever they want. But you have to remember, we have an entire society who goes to movies to watch simulated murders. Uh, yeah. Explode. I mean, even the superhero movies. Uh, you, I, I just saw the the dumb fucking Superman that they played last oh, summer. Man, man Steel. It's so terrible. Yeah, Did it's you really say bad, it? right? Yeah, I saw. I it. mean, it's, really it's bad. beyond bad. <laughs> but they destroy almost every goddamn building without anyone. You know, we're worried whether Lois Lane's falling to her death. But in the meantime, we see twelve or fifteen skyscrapers get knocked over. Metropolis gets wiped out in this movie. A lot of it by Superman fighting improperly. <laughs>
And really, <laughs> Superman's only ability is to fly into something. He right. has no other, no other like fighting skills. He's just I'll fly really fast <laughs> into fucking uh, Michael Shannon and I'll get him. Awful, awful movie, awful premise. Superman blows. That movie sucks. But that is okay with people. But the simulated porn. Not okay with people. And then they, sim- they simulate, like, rape porn. They have, there's all sorts of disclaimers over it. Like, you know, these are two consenting adults. I, it, 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 no one thinks, like, holy shit, this woman's actually getting raped. This is great. No, it's it's simulated. The key word is simulated. But your thing came back to the point of fantasy. Any kind of fantasy you can now do three years for. It's awful. Human beings are... And, and incredibly illogical. Sometimes I look at them and I feel like a Vulcan. You know what I mean? I just feel like Spock's annoying cousin who doesn't understand. That instead of thinking that it's fascinating, I would just, as a Vulcan, start screaming at Earthlings, pointing out how stupid they could be. And again, it goes back to the fact that we see rape as a worse thing also than murder. Murder is acceptable... Uh, fantasy fun for people. Adult rape is number uh, adult rape, and then you know child molestation. Those are number two worst. Those are the worst things you can do in humanity. Dude, they're both rape. Yeah, they they're both rape, rape. That you just decide that a child is even somehow weirder. <laughs> We're out of our minds. Well, Britain's really like hardcore. They they just they don't want people watching porn. They don't want people trashing each other on the internet. They they you get time for all that for three years. For watching some porn with, between two actors who consenting adults, people have to get the fuck out of Britain. Simple as that. Yeah, you know, but we're leaning in the same direction. We're heading into the same direction as them. I mean, this is our number one ally in the whole world. It's not like we're sitting here talking about how crazy Iranians are. <laughs> They're British people. It's really troubling to read this. Yeah. I don't like it. David Cameron's an asshole. Um, but what about the entire... Because they apparently already do this in Scotland. Um, so it's already on the books over there. I, They're just joining uh, Wales, England. I don't know who else is part of it. I guess a little, little uh, Northern Ireland, the yeah. occupied Northern Ireland. Yeah. Protestant town. They're just, they just now want to arrest people. Arrest innocent people. Well, we got the word police in this country as well. Uh, Alec Baldwin is going through it right now. Jesus. And it's really funny because I'm watching um, a really great one-man show on HBO. Mike Tyson, who, by the way, <laughs> by the way, um, says he didn't rape anybody. Yeah, he glossed over that a little bit. Yeah, he glossed over that part of it. <laughs> But also, he spent the entire time using words that we are apparently furious with Alec Baldwin about, oh, yeah. but not furious with Mike Tyson about. No, everyone was busting the gut in that in that theater. <laughs> people were loving it. Yeah. Even when the rape thing came up, people were laughing and clapping. Yeah, yeah you didn't do it, Mike! Yeah! Um... Here's uh, Ian in New Jersey. You're on the Manifest Show. It's funny how they ban the rape porn in Scotland, yet it's legal to rape sheep. Someone was actually wrote in to me that you can get more time for watching rape porn than you can for raping over there. <laughs> um, out of their minds. 
It's an outrage. 42 uh, is up today, uh, celebrity ukuleles. And I don't know whether the ukuleles are very famous <laughs> or a celebrity has them. I don't know what you can do to look odder than when you're playing a ukulele. I don't know if anything... Can you look cool while you play a ukulele? Impossible. The best you can do is you look like a giant with a tiny guitar. Like, like what is that person? I, I, I would go so far. That, see, I think you could do this. I think you can look okay playing a ukulele as long as you're in a canoe. <laughs> I think it's the only place that you can get away with a ukulele. Now, I would have said luau, but I no longer believe that because I honestly think... Luau is just, it doesn't even exist in the real world. It's just something put on by hotels. Yeah, it's just a gimmick. It's been co-opted. It's a mermaid show. <laughs> it's really the same thing as going to a mermaid show. Like, Eddie, here, this picture, Eddie Vedder, like, he comes close to looking cool. Well, here's the thing. He's very brooding. Yeah, he's got what what you're not seeing there. The entire weight of the planet Earth is on Eddie Vedder's shoulder. <laughs> and maybe he can only express it through a ukulele song. It's all he has. He's he's seen more and he's done more than most people. I guess, but don't look so sad. I mean, you are fucking Eddie Vedder. Come on, man. Ukulele is kind of a happy sound to it. What about Brother Is? The gigantic Hawaiian. See, that looks even crazier. <laughs> because he looks... You're caught up in the size of this, <laughs> yes, I noticed. Yes, I am. You, yes. you honestly think... That it just distorts reality too much. That's how I feel. That's because you just think of it as, you think that it should be guitar-sized. Yeah, because it looks like a guitar, dude. Look at it. It's a tiny little guitar. I want you in this. Foggy Otis put this together, by the way, who doesn't go anywhere <laughs> without his ukulele, and I'm frustrated he hasn't put his own picture into it. Look at Elvis. Elvis does the full thing. He's got on the Hawaiian shirt, he's wearing a lei, and then he's rocking a ukulele, which he really doesn't play. He just holds out like he used to with his guitar. Did you ever see Elvis in concert oh, yeah. where he would do everything but strum the guitar? He would swing it. He would just lay it out there like, look at this, man. This is a sideways guitar. Red, you see it? I'm laying it out there. Um, Elvis knew how to use a prop. Although, and I wish that we would get back into this, but there should be more Elvis movies on TV. If I had a TV channel, it would be ETV. <laughs> just all Elvis all the time. The TCM, TCM's probably the only channel that runs them, right? Taking care of business, <laughs> TCB. It's the only channel. <laughs> I can't understand why we're not more obsessed with Elvis movies. <sighs> I think people are too caught up in the, the latter-day Elvis, and they forget about early... Movie Elvis. Well, he wasn't early. That was second act, Elvis. You know, you had, well, really, in a lot of ways, third act. You had uh, Hillbilly Elvis just fucking rocking with his real band, the yeah. Jordanaires. That's when he was really in a band and really attempting to make rock and roll music. Then he shaved his head, went in, started eating speed in, in Germany, you know, protecting us from already destroyed Germany after he was drafted. Then he became back... He became Hollywood Elvis, the actor guy. All right. And then finally, Fat Elvis, the dope addict that we all love. You could probably put Comeback Elvis in there for a short slice. Sure. But even part of that, 
is when was his Hawaiian special where he put on the white suit for like the first time, the white suit that he would never take off again. <laughs> like Men suit. in Black, he became <laughs> Men in White. This is the only suit you will need for the rest of your life. Um, coming up in just a little bit, uh, David Blaine. David Blaine. Uh, I'd love to get somebody on the phone today. They're really, really running slow. Ray in Texas. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, Ronnie. Million bucks. Million. Uh, I just wanted to touch back on the the porn issue in the U.K. Sure. It just sounds like they're on a, a moral high horse. I, I don't know how they're going to enforce anything that they're possibly saying. All they have to do is, they don't have to catch everybody, they just have to catch some people. It's like a speeding law. You don't have to get everybody, you just gotta get the people that you catch. Yeah. And then once... I guess though that they could just have it, you know, as the one figurehead thing. hey, shit, whack our fingers at this guy. Yeah, look how don't good do we're it. doing fighting crime. Uh, uh, yeah, drugs. <laughs> I mean, we've, obviously it doesn't work. Yeah, we busted LARPers. They finally stopped rape. Porn. Um, here's uh, Joe in Boston. You're the Ron Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, the mer like, I agree with you. I don't think that there should be any, you know, censorship of this crap or whatever. But at the same time, think of it this way: murder we see constantly. How often do you hear about, like, or see rape uh, in movies, or, or you know, witness it, or right, you, you know, say we see murder constantly? Have you ever seen a murder? No, no, I mean like in media. But this is like what I'm trying to explain to you. So we, we've made it so we're desensitized right. to murder. In, but that means that we're not having any relationship with actual murder. That seems more insane to me than anything. We do not sit down and think to ourselves, if we see a movie and a murder takes place, oh my God, I've just seen the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And we, we like it. Like. Because that's how you would treat it if you saw it in front of you. If you saw it in front of you, you would react to it the way black people react to David Blaine doing a card trick. <laughs> which, uh, David Blaine is in the building, and we saw Sway run out of his studio. And what did Sway yell out? That motherfucker! <laughs> Holy shit! And yeah. he was just shaking his head with a big smile on his face. It was fucking nuts, dude. Black people have a tendency to think that card tricks come from the devil. Um, which is why the original David Blaine Street Magic shows were so great. Because I don't care if he was in Rwanda or with the Dallas Cowboys. The black guys would go running. Damn. As if something physically there from sleight of hand yeah. could stick to them and ruin their life. Well, he channels dark spirits. Here's Hard Rock's Johnny. Johnny. I wanted to go back to the Elvis movies. Which sure. Just happened to be, I, I tell you, it was like maybe a month ago, flipping around. I think Turner Classic plays a lot of those. And if you saw Clambake, <laughs> probably one of my favorites, only because Elvis sings a song, and he just sings about a clambake. Yes, he's singing about a clambake. Clambake and driving a fast car, as they often do include. Yeah. And uh, it was, it's absolutely... By the way, here's what you got the thing from Clambake up. The unhip people that Elvis is always hanging out with.
attitude. I wish I was there the day the colonel handed it to Elvis and said, here's the next song you're going to record. I'm sure it's going to be a hit. By the way, don't forget, you've got a black hair dye coming up at 4 o'clock. I want a jet black, man. Jet black. This was the fucking thing, too, that was the best thing about Elvis. Is like, once he grabbed Scylla, and she was like 14. And he brought her back to his house. And before he banged her, he made her look like Elvis. You know what I mean? He Elvised up her hair her eyes, until he had like a mini-me Elvis. And then he just fucking railed her. It's creepy, man. No, it's not creepy. It's the greatest. It's the king. Look, people are just dancing on these huts because Clambake is such a great song. Clambake! Now look, there he is, not really playing his guitar. He's just bouncing back. The fingers don't even move. Hey, everybody, now take it from me. You never see another musician hand their fucking instrument away. There's a great making fun of African mast. Elvis fucking... Now there's a guy just playing a rope attached to a board. Now also, look at the surfboard over on the side that's got to weigh 800 pounds. I'm going to be dancing around with you 38-year-old women. <laughs> this is great. And some gay guys in bad pants. Elvis is the fucking best. Always drive a very fast car in every movie or yeah. be involved in some sort of racing. Well, we saw this with a race. <laughs> Again? If you want, I'll beat up four guys really fast using karate. He was he was the original pimp though. He was the best ever. Alright, hold on, what's bleeding through here? I don't know, I hear it in the headphones but not in the room. Is there something in the other room bleeding through? I'm getting no from there. It's stopped. Johnny? Yes. You might have brought Elvis back from heaven. <laughs> I wish. Uh, my favorite Elvis movie, Roustabout, where he's a uh, he works in a carnival singing. He's like a singing carnival guy. That's weird. Yeah, it's the best. And then he's part of the motorcycle team. <laughs> of course he is. And then another carnival tries to steal him away because all he cares about is himself. You know, Elvis, you know they're trying to shut our carnival down. You do know that, you know, Love Me Tender did actually premiere in the building that I'm sitting in, so maybe there is a little bit of Elvis connection going on here. Well, you guys gutted out the Paramount. <laughs> no, 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 no. That got gutted out way before us. Well, what was it before it was the WWE they turned luncheonette? They, they, turned, they ripped the whole thing apart and turned the whole building into offices. And then they, uh, and actually before they, they, the New York Times, which used to be next door to us, stored their print, like the big rolls that they would put in the Heidelberg presses, those were stored down here in this basement. Wow. After they gutted out the, they gutted out the Paramount, and, and that's what ended up happening to it. But the original, like the outside is all original, the, uh, like the, the brass doors, all those things, it's exactly, if you look at a picture from 56, where they put a giant picture of Elvis, like I think it was like about 18 feet tall, 
on the marquee in front of the building, and it had a big question mark on it. It was him holding the guitar, and then they peeled it off, and it was his first movie, Love Me Tender, 1956, premiered right in this building. When it was so when did he actually break? When did, did he, like, because was he out for a year or two before he made a movie? I think so. I mean, this was his first movie, so he probably, I guess it had to be, like, a, maybe a year prior to that. They got him right into Hollywood that fast. Damn. Yeah, they knew. They knew they could make money. He was. He was a fucking ATM. He was just a cash machine, no matter what he was doing. His deal with, um, I can't remember what movie studio, but he was supposed to do four movies a year. What? That's how much that they were just spitting stuff out. So that was his deal, and I think he, he averaged, like, he averaged something like, I don't know, two or three movies every year. Well, look, yeah, if you look like, right, so 56 was Love Me Tender, then he did 2 and 57, 1 and 58, 2 and 60, 2 and 61, 3 and 62, 2 and 63, and 3, 3, 64 and 65, 3 and 66. There was 5 and 64. He made five <laughs> movies in 1964. All of them gems. <laughs> all of them fucking great. That's your aroused about. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, what are all the 64 movies? All right, Kissing Cousins. Great one. Viva Las Vegas. Fantastic. The Age of Violence. I don't even, even think I know that one. Roustabout. Fantastic. And Scorpio Rising. I don't think I know that one either. <laughs> Scorpio Rising does not sound like an Elvis movie. Like a karate movie. What are you doing 65? And in 65... Jesus, he's a long... He has a long fucking IMDb. Uh, Girl Happy. Great one. Shindig. Fantastic. Tickle Me. With a big song, Tickle Me. Uh, Harem Scarum. That's great, because he plays an Arab. <laughs> Harem Scarum sounds like yeah. a really good one. That's what he ended 65 with, Harem Scarum. <laughs> and 66, you got Frankie and Johnny, Paradise. Strong one. Frankie and Johnny is like a Western. <laughs> Paradise Hawaiian style. You can't, you can't do better than when he goes to Hawaii and becomes a helicopter pilot. <laughs> and spin out. <laughs> Spin out is another race one. Oh, nice. Six, all right, give us the 67 movies. <laughs> easy Come, Easy Go. Fantastic. <laughs> Double Trouble. Another strong one. And then Clam Bake in 67. By the way, the Beatles are putting out Sgt. Pepper's, and fucking Elvis is doing Clam Bake the same year. <laughs> this is how quickly he gave up. <laughs> Fuck it. He just, he just he fell apart with this Clam Bake thing. It's hysterical. But this would be like, could you imagine if you heard that Eddie Vedder or Bono just started doing three movies a year? You know what I mean? Like, how crazy it would be. And these things got released in theaters back then, right? Like, and they were like He was the number one yeah. draw of the 1960s. In music and film. No, not in music anymore. His right. albums stopped selling after the 50s. You know, they sold the soundtracks. But he was more known uh, for his movies in the 60s. What a crazy-ass career, man. And they would make them for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they would get released in theaters and drive-ins all over. <laughs> what, what do you think would be his, like, I guess, most famous movie if he had to go through them all? Jailhouse or Blue Hawaii? I would say jail, uh, Jailhouse, probably. Uh, or King Creole is fucking... It's actually a really good movie. That's the ones that he did in, in the fucking 50s. 
Like his earlier ones were pretty strong. But by the time he did Change a Habit where he fucked a nun, you know, he was just out of his mind. I think that was his last one. <laughs> so he like he like seduced a nun and was able to break her. Yeah, like at the end of it, she was like looking at Elvis and looking at it like a picture of Jesus or something. <laughs> like she didn't know who she was choosing. And the way I figured, she didn't have a bad choice to make. She yeah. was basically picking the son of God. Except we didn't know if uh, Jesus could sing. That's blasphemy, my friend. I'm Jesus saying, could do anything he wanted to do. We literally he don't walk know on water. Sing. He could do anything. Anyone who could walk on water could also turn rice pudding into cocaine. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Whatever he wanted to do, he could do. Yeah, but it's more impressive if Elvis could do it because he's just a human. And if he could do anything, then none of it gets really impressive. You understand that, that Christ is, was a human as well. Well, you know, he had God's help. Um, here's Tom in New York. You're on the run of Fest show. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, guys. Yeah, here's a little quick chronology for you on the early Elvis. In January of 56, he releases the single Heartbreak Hotel. By November of that same year, they've already got the movie made, Heartbreak Hotel, uh, Love Me Tender, and then by 1958, they shut him down. They draft him. So within a two-year period. Two-year period where it was like real Elvis. Exactly. And then uh, the point on there, um, you know, he just became made-up Elvis. Um, look, um, I, this guy said to me, what are your thoughts on women playing ukuleles? Hot. Yes. Particularly women with glasses. Those weird YouTube girls with glasses that play ukulele, fantastic. With the black rim glasses, that's always cute. Yeah. Cindy Crawford shows up in the 42. I didn't even know she played. Uh, Lisa said, I would love to hear an RBI with Elvis and number four, Brett Favre. <laughs> they are kind of all, they are. Brett Favre was somewhat the Elvis of Green Bay. <laughs> Where Aaron Rodgers is the is the Beatles that pushed him out of the way. He stood behind. He he took his time. Who do you think was there an Elvis of football? Because there there was a, a, an Elvis of basketball. We know that Michael Jordan, Joe Montana would be the closest. Joe Cool. Joe Cool only while he's on a football field though. Yeah. He's never done a cool thing off the field in his life. He did trash Rudy in a phone call. That I liked. <laughs> Do you think that Elvis was the Babe Ruth of music? Because I think that Babe Ruth was kind of the Elvis of baseball, right? I, well, yeah. I mean, I guess you... But he was the Elvis of baseball, even before. And mm -hmm. Babe Ruth even said, you know something, pals? I'm the Elvis of this sport. <laughs> and everyone said, what are you talking about? He goes, you'll see. And that was the second shot uh, Babe Ruth called. What? <laughs> Who's the um who's the who would you consider the Elvis of celebrity pants? <laughs> I gotta go hard rock Johnny. He's the guy. If not Earl. Mm, could be Earl, but I do. Are you giving watches. Earl enough hours? <laughs> I think he's doing alright. He doesn't seem like he's getting enough hours to me. Whenever I say hey, come on in, he has plenty of free time too. He has plenty of free time to text. <laughs> Hey guys, what are you doing? <laughs> Whenever I call him, he's not at work. 
I mean, come on. Hey, Ronnie B, remember any W? Yeah, I do, Al. I do. Remember that pedophile you hung out with, Earl? Jeez, don't bring that up. I, it's the top of mind. Oof. Especially with this rape porn ban. Um... This also was just sent in. Leslie sent this in. They were talking about casting Elvis as Joe Buck, but the colonel thought it would be a little too controversial. Uh, I know that Barbara Streisand wanted Elvis for the Star is Born movie, and the colonel said no. Really? Shut that down? Shut down anything that wasn't quick, easy money. You know what I mean? Anything that was considered art. He wanted no part of. But the colonel had your problem. He loved to gamble. So if you could sign up, if you would show up there with a suitcase full of cash, yeah. you could get Elvis for that suitcase, no matter what you wanted to do. Uh, Jerry Weintraub was the one who put him into, when Elvis finally went into playing arenas, and and because he showed up with cash, he got him, and even had the thing of, Jerry Weintraub presents... Elvis Presley. Oh, Jesus. So his name was above Elvis's. I don't know why you don't listen to the guests who come in and do this show. <laughs> this was part of an RBI. Um, here's, uh, here's Bill and Georgia. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah. I just wanted to say that the Elvis of football was definitely Joe Namath. Right, that's a very good call. Absolutely, you, you can't you can't top that. On and he and was even field, acting, day, you know. He was the man, and he was also even like for some reason he started talking southern, and that guy's from Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, here's Dale in Nebraska. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I, it goes back a little ways, and sorry, Hicks, this might stimulate a phone call from Blowhard, but I think the the Elvis of pro football would have had to have been Paul Horning. I would he say was, that Paul Horning was, was the Johnny Cash. The Johnny Cash right. of uh, pro football. Uh, Chuck, Chuck, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, what's going on? First yeah. of all, I think another movie, Elvis, is uh, that one where he drove a race car when he said, I'm going to win this race. Yeah. And then uh, the football player, Elvis, I think maybe. What do you think about Joe Namath? Yeah, we actually, uh, we actually brought up that it's got to be Joe. I'd have to agree. Yeah. It's got to be Joe Namath. And that was Hard Rock Johnny's favorite quarterback of all time. No, I, turned I, him into a New York Jets fan. Hey, no. you starting to believe in your Giants again, Johnny? I believe they could win four games. That's about all I can believe. Next Sunday, though, big game. Almost like playoffs for, for the Giants. Let's see. Who are they playing? Dallas. Big game against Dallas at home. At I'm rooting for Atlanta. you. I'd like to see that. Like, your, your Eagles are in first place. Yes, they are. Nick Foles. Yeah. What are they, six and five? I call him Nick Goals right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're six and five. He's having hey, a better year than the dog killer. He threw a, for seven touchdowns in one game. There was some crazy like stat that came out like on Sunday that if Nick before Sunday's games, if Nick Foles threw thirty one interceptions in a row, his QB rating would still be higher than Eli's because Eli's just so 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 awful. Bad. He's really he even threw one yesterday and just it's not as much the interception, it's the look on the face after the interception, where he's like, just mouth open, hand on hip, like, right hip out, leg back, like he's just standing like... Mm. Let's face it, you can't keep your mouth open and look like you know what you're doing. He's just a mouth breather all the time, that guy, I don't get it. 
You won't see Einstein any pictures of him with his fucking mouth open. I think that's it. Uh, and, and Theory I, of relativity. They always say that Eli has like the like the Wonderlic test. He was like one of the highest rated, you know, the the the, the tests that they give all these players to test their intelligence. He has one of the highest scores on that test, but he just always looks confused. And um, Johnny, that was the Salt Lick test that they oh, gave him. Oh, okay. That's um, but like. now this test that you're talking about, is this based on football IQ or just overall? No, overall. Yeah, what you want is a football IQ. Well, he definitely has that at times. Because <laughs> I, I honestly like, believe that's all that fucking Joe Montana had. Just crazy because well his arm wasn't ridiculously strong. But he also what I'm talking about is like he probably couldn't, can't talk about anything else. They right. tried to put him on TV and he couldn't do it. You know he can only be in a game with a West Coast offense. That's all he's able to do with his life. It is amazing to think like when you watch a quarterback and they they go through these progressions so fast of seeing you know. Five guys running different patterns and know exactly where to throw it. Read every defense. It's you have to be smart to be able to do it to some and, extent. And then if they throw to the wrong shoulder, we all act like they're the worst thing we've ever seen in our life. <laughs> Which is crap. And we were like, how could he miss that? How could he miss while he's being attacked, throwing a ball thirty <laughs> yards and and within a probably an eight inch radius between a completion and being intercepted. Yeah, it's and then you know th th that's the hardest part is thinking about three hundred pound men running after you trying to just rip your head off. I would be seriously, I would be known as a guy who got the ball out of my hands fast. <laughs> <laughs> it would be happening incredibly fast. His release is ridiculous. What I would do is put it up high and tell people <laughs> to get to it. It would be just a big rainbow and get underneath it, motherfucker. That's, did you? I don't know if you watched the Jets game, but that's did you see that one pass by by Egypt by Manuel. He just throws this rainbow, and it's like a fifty yard. It was like like, like he punted it, and the guy just stops. The D, the two D backs keep on running. He catches it, walks right into the end zone. It was just that's it. It was like put it up, get under it. And that's that's the only way they throw in college football, and that's why we're mistaken when we think these guys can play. That's what Tebow used to do. Just fucking yeah. lay up a giant rainbow. Somebody would get under it, and if not, if he didn't have that, he'd run like a deer. And it was like he's great, and we're like, I don't. There's people fast in the pros, and they're gonna fucking pick them apart. Yep. Um, here's Matt Missouri. You're on the Manifest Show. Matt, lost you, buddy. Um, Nick in Wisconsin. You're on the Manifest Show. Hey guys, uh, I think we're forgetting about the greatest Elvis movie ever, which is Bubba Hotep. And I think Will Chamberlain was the Elvis of basketball. But the thing is, you can't be a giant freak and be Elvis. You got the it. freak's got to come from inside. Mama, i got to just keep moving. I can't stop myself. He, um, he had worms as a child, what? and that's how he learned how to fucking dance like that. He was just moving around the house all the time because his ass was itching so bad. He was the greatest of all time. The king. He was the master. No, he was the king. He already had a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody take this guitar. Get it out of my hands. God damn. Fucking Elvis is the best. All right, Johnny. Coming up in just a few minutes... David Blaine is going to be here. Are you a fan, Johnny? Uh, you know, I, 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, magic is one of those things that makes me angry because you know it's a trick and you just can't figure out how the fuck they do it. Well, you could if you spent a little time doing it. Well, yeah, if I had the, you know, the, the I think it's all about dexterity and hand-eye and kind of, you know, it's just, it just makes me angry. But yeah, he's all right. I like him. He's much better than some of the other ones that are out Now, there. you're a football fan and now you're fucking furious about dexterity and hand-eye. Practice. No, 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 no! I'm furious that I don't have it, and that it's—I'm just furious that it just confounds me, and that makes me mad. I'm like, how do they do that? I know it's not real. Do you even know one card trick in your life? No, I got taken for three card Monty once when I was a kid, and I thought that's about the only thing I learned is how to throw three card Monty. The three card Monty in New York used to be the greatest thing in the world because it was always a black guy playing on some kind of a box mm -hmm. that they would pick up and run with. And the only people that would be playing with them would be Asians. Asians would just <laughs> keep walking up, and then one other black dude would walk up, and that guy would win, and they would point, like, the dude would like, oh, he hit me. And the Asians were like, congratulations. <laughs> it didn't even fucking occur to them that the only two black dudes in this crowd know each other. Uh, I got taken for, like, 60 bucks when I was, like, 15 years old, 16 years old in the city. I thought I was going to win. And then my brother said you dumbass and they showed me how they throw it and then i came back and they chased you away because if you even win a little bit you know they they run you because there's there's a whole gang of them oh don't be racist johnny no they they run in a gang it's it's johnny, all, you know, they have the shills they got the guy johnny, who loses please. they got the racism's coming out in this phone call um elvis of, of boxing mike tyson muhammad ali oh yes. muhammad ali I got caught up in watching the, the, the special over the weekend. Uh, Chris, you're on the Run of Fest show. Ron, any chance you're going to have David do a match trick for you? It'll be up to him. I don't know what he's doing today. I know he's running around here. I'm sure he'll want to come in and do a little trick or whatever. I don't know. Uh, if you say it's bullshit, I'll believe you. Well, what do you mean it's bullshit? Because you pick out all the roofs. You pick everybody out. Well, there's nothing bullshit. He's not... This, he's not... You know, realigning electrons in <laughs> a miracle. Turns out David Blaine is an actual magical being. D this is sleight of hand. That's what it is. He, It's the exact opposite of bullshit. I mean, if you're a fucking grown person and you get, you think that a magician is pretending he's a wizard, <laughs> then you're fucking insane. Wait, so you're saying you don't have powers, per se. You practiced this for years. Yeah. I don't know. Bullshit, dude! <laughs> Bullshit! You'd have to be a... You, seriously, that might be the most insane phone call I've ever taken. You're going to call out that magician, right? Call out and let on. Now, that's a fucking trick he's doing. <laughs> he did not make that 10 appear there. He hit it. I find it to be, I think Ricky Jay, to me, has always been my favorite because I'm not a big fan of the David Copperfield. Giant sets. Yeah, I don't like that. I like close-up magic, street magic, because you're sitting there watching it and you're being deceived. Your eyes are being deceived. Well, I remember when I was a little kid, I watched the HBO special, like Ricky Jay and his 52 uh, assistants. Fantastic. blew my mind as a little kid. I was like, magic's the greatest thing ever. And Ricky Jay is the man. But see, here's what you don't understand about Ricky Jay. And I'm sure it's uh, David Plains the same way. They work like 12 hours a day. 
just 12 hours a day. That's all magic, 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 magic. To be that good. And Ricky Jay uh, hates the fact that, you know, with YouTube, you can show these things out because he believes that there should even be like a mentorship where a young magician should follow around an older magician for years and years and years. That's what he, he went out to like uh, California and got mentored. And I remember when David Blaine's Street Magic came out, then Fox started putting out like the Mass Magician that was debunking all, all the stuff. Yeah, it was it was awful. Yeah, I despise that. Um, here's uh, Ted Ottawa. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, how's it going? Good. Elvis the Hockey, Derek Sanderson, all the way. Well, I see where you're going with that. Uh, you know, and who doesn't like a fucking slugger? But, you know, there's only one guy in hockey that was ever called the great one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Gretzky, baby. You got to give it to Gretzky. Sorry. Can't get around it. She's got that hot daughter. She likes to take her clothes off all over the place. Johnny, please. You know, incest is a horrible thing, not only in England, but also here in the United <laughs> States. He's constantly pushing Stop. racism and incest, Johnny. <laughs> It's real sicko, you know that? Who's the um, Who's the Elvis of serial killers? Manson. <laughs> Easily. Everyone else was a total weirdo. Manson had charisma. Like, everyone else was like a shut-in. Wait, great. but you're telling me that Manson isn't a total weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's normal. <laughs> Compared to, like, a Ted Ed Gein or whatever, or a Bundy. Manson was the most charismatic of all those guys. He is the Elvis of serial killers. Bar none. I think he could be the Marilyn Manson of serial killers. <laughs> but your ability to defend Charles Manson, it, it makes my blood run cold. No, don't. It frightens me. Who doesn't love Charlie Manson? Uh, the Tate and LaBianca families. Oh. And is he even a serial killer? He didn't kill anybody. No, he's a cult leader. Cult leader, he commanded people to kill. Does that make you a serial killer? I don't know. Oh, That's wait a minute. The man who knew everything. The man who's running down fucking Son of Sam. Now thinks that he's confused about whether or not this is even a, a serial killer. Yeah, he's a serial killer because... I don't even think he died. was a serial eater. Because because he, on his orders those people died. Those people wouldn't have died if Mar Manson. So generals are serial killers, and you're. That's war. That's out of California did, suburb. Did Al Capone go to jail for killing or tax evasion? Tax evasion. Mm. All right, then he probably ordered a few killings, right? So he's a serial killer, but no, I don't mm. know. It's not. It's not fair to take a drug addict and make him look dumb. <laughs> I, I look. I look brilliant. <laughs> Doug in Boston, you're the on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, you remember uh, back? I think it was in the late seventies. The uh, show called The Magician with uh, Bill Bixby, yeah. and he used to live at the Magic Castle and had his airplane. Yes, he solved crimes using magic. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I like every fun. time there's a crime, he thought to himself, "You know what? I can use magic to get to the bottom of this." I don't know how it fucking held up in court because it wasn't a law and order thing. I think there's probably a lot of defense lawyers who could have thrown a lot of that evidence out. Your Honor, uh, they use magic against my client. Sloppy lawyering. Um, 
Here's uh, Joe in Utah. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. I was just wondering if Fez is in the studio there. I uh, haven't heard from him. Is he okay? He is here. He's He had a setback day today. Yeah. He had a little bit of a setback day. Now he's looking for David Blaine, yeah. which he was also told that's not supposed to, you're not supposed to be the guy who leaves the studio and goes out like that and just stands in the hall for 25 minutes. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that every once in a while and see how it gets over. <laughs> just go out and stand in the hall. Fez will be back, but today is a, a bumpy day for him. Um, here's uh, Brian in Cherry Hill. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Mr. B. Talking hey. about the Colts and stuff, I just saw this great documentary called The Source Family. Did you catch it? No. Oh, man, it's fucking fantastic. It's about this guy that becomes like a uh, hippie cult leader, and they filmed everything. And he was like a real fucking whack job, and they even filmed him dying when he decides one day Don't he's going to jump off a cliff in Hawaii with a hang glider. What's the, uh, what's the name of this? The Source Family. Apparently there was like a restaurant called The Source Restaurant in California, and it was the first ever like natural, you know, healthy eating thing. Right. And this dude was the dude that created it, and then he started like getting into like shamanism and shit, started his own like thing, and it, it was really just a fantastic documentary. You'll love it without a doubt. Oh, all right. Later. Source Family. Like a good cult film. I thought it was a serial killer film. Both. He busts your balls a lot. Yeah, uh, Giant, Giant likes to have a little fun, I guess. I know one thing. Yeah. Fucking Blowhard took you down the other day. Blowhard Oof. didn't take shit down. He actually he called. Did. No, he didn't do. He didn't fucking say. He didn't make one valid point. He just calls up like a crazy asshole. What he got, though, is to get you lose your shit. Yeah. And that's yeah. that means he won. And he wrote to me, he goes, I hope that Chris knows that I'm just having fun with him, I'm just busting his balls. Oh, I don't care if he's having fun. He can go to hell. He, he called me over the weekend and texted me. I just erased it, ignored it. I have no fucking time for blowhard. You realize you're turning into Fez now. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Mikey D. Yeah, it's it blowhard by Mikey D. It is. That, this is a good place for you to stop yourself. Before you end up sitting in a fucking hallway waiting for David Blaine <laughs> while his show goes on for 30 minutes. I I was like, when he called, like when Blower called me and I just ignored it, and I started thinking, this this is what Fez does. Like, yes, I, he does. <laughs> and when I saw you going that crazy. Yeah, well, he, he's, he, yes, he got but to me. Here's the other thing, uh, and I'm not going to get into it, but I saw you attacking uh, him for things. That he may have in common with your own radio audience. And it's never a good idea. Well, he, he likes to call in, have his fun, and bust my balls. But you got to think of a new way to deal with him and not lose your shit and let him win. Because he calls to have you lose your shit. Yeah. He really did a good job this week. Oh, well, yeah, I, I totally lost my mind. It was just fucking total psychosis. I like when I went red. Mm. Um, all right, someone said that Fez is fucked up because uh, Ant and Jimmy were having fun with the word that makes Fez upset. Oh, boy. And if he hears it, he gets upset. Fathead? Yeah, fathead. <laughs> the fathead word. Um, 
Here's uh, Jeff in Jersey. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey. So Manson couldn't have been a serial killer. Uh, his entire stated purpose for ordering the killing was he wanted to start a race war. This is something that Chris doesn't understand. I always consider him a serial killer because you are all those killings. But that what he said, it, it has to do with the reason that you're killing. So maybe I have to swipe him over to a cult leader with cult army. I didn't know that, that you were swiping things over. <laughs> I didn't know that organized. this was more than this conversation. <laughs> I keep things organized in my own head. I had no idea that we got in the middle of your work somehow. <laughs> So, all right, so now I have to get... Right, I've got some bad news. We had David Blaine scheduled to come in. Yeah. Apparently, he's disappeared. Oh <laughs> Into thin air. This is magical. Yeah. Now, here's something I want to say about the paparazzi in this building. David Blaine came in on the 48th Street side, right? Yeah. And the paparazzi was on that side of the building today. Oh. And then I went over to the 49th Street side, where they usually are. No one's there at all. Someone is giving out the schedule of people booked into our building and are also even giving out what door they're coming in and out. The schedule, I th is I would think, is, is someone could find, but the which way you're going through. That's... No way could you, could you know. There's no public thing of how what people we have booked. We don't pre-sell, um, you know, yeah. These things, you know, it's not like the Letterman show where they let everybody know because we have so many shows here that most of the time somebody who comes into this building will do like one to three shows. So with all the different shows that we have in this building, there's no way to know who it is unless somebody is selling information. There's a leak. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind being the guy who sold the information for that money. You know what I mean? Because I, I got to get paid. How much money are we talking here? What do you think it would be worth? I mean, it's a TV spot for TMZ. When yeah. we haven't booked, then TMZ hasn't booked. So I'm sure it's worth some money to TMZ to catch certain celebrities. And there's a lot of people down there some days where it's just, it's a crowd. They're all following the TMZ guy. They're all following Adam from TMZ. He's the... He's the Elvis of paparazzi, New York paparazzi. Oh, when he was leaving one day, we saw him down there and said, and he's just yelling at the guy, come on, guys! Come on! <laughs> so weird. Um, Matt, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello. Hey, how you doing, pal? Oh, I'm good. Uh, so, Charles Manson didn't kill anybody. We know. Chris Stanley made a giant mistake. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I do know what I'm talking we about. We get it. I just, I always put him in the serial killer category. Now I've moved him over to cult leader. How many categories do you have all together? And is one of those bakers? Sure. It's cake boss. I don't have any other bakers, though. Okay. So under bakers, it's just cake boss. Not even a name. I don't know the guy's name. I just know him as the cake boss. Uh, did you watch the last Eastbound and Down last night? I did watch it, yes. Scale 1 to 10, what do you give it? I give it a 9. I really enjoyed it. What are you taking points off for? <sighs> that it's over. That I, I was like, I think they're really done with it this time. That I was thinking about it this uh, year. I think all four seasons, the finales are probably my least favorite of each season. 
that it is it's really about a character. It's not about a storyline. There's no way to really sum it up. Yeah. But I thought the I don't want to give anything away, but why not? So it ran last night. I love the cameos. I hate to to stop you here. Just reappearing is Mr. David Blaine. Now, as I said, he's one of the greatest close-up magic people in the history of the world. Um, he's got a special out called David Blaine. Real or magic appears, appears premieres tomorrow night, Tuesday, November 19th at 9.30. For more information, go to abc.com. He's got a lot of big stars in it, including Woody Allen, oh Breaking Bad Guys, all kinds of guys. Uh, let's bring him in, Mr. David Blaine. Yeezy season approaching, fuck whatever y'all been hearing, fuck what, fuck whatever y'all been wearing, a monster about to come alive again, soon as I pull up in park events, we get this bitch shaking like Parkinson's, take my number and lock it in, Indian here, no moccasins, it's too many hoes in this house of sin, real nigga back in the house again, black Tim's all on your couch again, black dick all on your spouse again, and I know she like chocolate men, she got more niggas off than cockerins. David Blaine appearing in uh, the studio with us now. Big, big special tomorrow night. How you doing with everything, man? Good. I just uh, I was in a uh, in a fish tank for the with Kelly and, I, and Michael for an hour. With, so and the eyes were exposed. So I, I was trying to just fix the eyes real quick. Well, I was watching you this morning, and I kept thinking he's behind the fish tank. I figured it out. That would be much better. Yeah. So I was thinking like at the end they're going to dive in the water and he won't be there. But see, this is the the problem with you is like we're always looking for shit. Well, I now. think you're just giving me credit for being much better magician than i actually am <laughs> um <laughs> it's easier to just do it <laughs> this is the stuff that you first became known for is the close-up magic yeah that's where i started as a kid and that's my first show was was street magic which was solid magic and and this is the first time that i've done a show like this in 15 years 15 years Yeah, that's just magic without stunts without any just showing up at people's doorstep or on the street and just hitting people up and trying to shock them with simple things a deck of cards some needles some kerosene not much else <laughs> why did you step away from that though because that was to me i thought it was the most genius thing that you did at first that no one had ever done that oh, and, and we kind of i didn't step away from it though i just started i started to feel like everything became repetitious so i started to feel like it was mundane and i didn't really have a, an idea that felt right so i spent the last six years or seven years trying seven years probably trying to figure out this idea that you're that you're going to see uh tomorrow and this is you going right back up to people we see they, yep, you sit yep, in front of them yep. and go ahead and figure it out if you can. Yeah, that's now, basically it. For you, do you build these on classic magic tricks or do you have yeah, to come a lot, up? No, a yeah. bunch of the stuff comes from classics. A bunch of great magicians that are just genius thinkers that help me come up and bad ideas back and forth. And, and a lot of it is me just improvising on the fly. Literally right. coming up with something the minute before, but I've worked on it for 13 years. So the right. thing that I do to Kanye on the show, which is uh, you know, I make an ice pick go right through my hand, but there's no blood, nothing like that. It started, you know, 
over a decade ago where I had the idea and then how do you get it done? So it starts with, you know, x-raying the hand, MRI, you know, just checking everything, um, you know, checking every single thing about the body, how it can react to things, and then finding the place that you can go through and slowly, you know, with an acupuncture needle. And so, so, so all the things look simple, but they're, they're a lot of work in the making. Can I believe anything that you say? Any of, the, <laughs> any of the descriptions. I'm sitting here going, is this a setup, though? And I think that's the really great thing about it. Thank you. You know, someone actually uh, called and said, if he does a trick, point out where it's fake. And I'm like, but you, he's not a wizard. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's true. I we, agree with that. <laughs> you, the, the point of all great magic. I'm not Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have Hogwarts. <laughs> and, I, I, and I've read some of the Ricky Jay books. He's amazing. That's, that guy's a huge inspiration on he, many levels. And that's the beauty of it is the, there's a real integrity and, and an a history, ancient and a deep art history, form. That's right. Yeah. And I think this is a, this actually came up in every culture, right? Every culture has some form Absolutely. of this. Absolutely. All across the world and for thousands of years. There's I even recorded why, incidents though. from thousands. Why well, I think it's you know, it's just mystery. I think people, you know, like the Einstein quote, one of the greatest things we can experience is a mysterious. It's a re so basically I think, you know, the, the people love mystery, they love intrigue, they love believing in things that, you know, that that defy what they already know that seem impossible, but obviously aren't impossible so you know i think it's ingrained into us and i think that's what helps our brain kind of you know grow it's like our organisms always want new information so the brain always needs things so when you throw it a curveball it loves that you know from what i see um so we we can't trust our eyes to begin with i mean that's the central well, premise of magic that even <laughs> well in the funny part about that statement is our eyes are actually the optics behind our eyes are worse than the first cell phone camera that was ever made so it's like you have a big optic nerve this big black thing that's in the center of your vision and when you look at things really you're seeing me upside down but mm -hmm. your brain reverses it and puts the image corrects the image color corrects it and makes it look amazing but you're right the eyes can't be trusted <laughs> well do you also is there a form of hypnosis or nlp because i know you read people right you read I love, people uh, well yeah and i think i mean i don't think it's i i love all that stuff I, and mm -hmm. i've always loved that stuff and i think that stuff is really amazing i think it's just reading behavior so you know i think it's what cops do every day is they just read people's behavior and and try to assess what you know that i think that's what they're trained to do so magicians the guys that i like you know they're, they're very trained in human psychology and reading behavior and that's what makes them so special forget their technical skills it's that they really know how to how to how to specifically hit the person that they're performing for right there's a, when you look into a crowd you know there's one guy to go for no you. no no that's not what i mean yeah. i mean you have to adjust to each person okay so it's not like, person, yeah, you can't isolate so you have to learn how to how to work each 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 thing on its own right like probably, some, yeah, probably like you know somebody that that an animal trainer that just knows how to read the behavior and starts to understand really well how to make them react a certain way, how to make yeah. them comfortable. So. Or someone who's sexual, someone who's very good in bed, right, right. doesn't do yeah, the same things right. every time. Or, or they're just very good at what they do. They yeah. understand that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, here's what I the, the <laughs> thing too that I, I think is amazing is that. The people became the show, your original shows that you did. And that's when we figured out that black people react bigger to magic 
Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's actually necessary. I just saw Sway run down the hall screaming, <laughs> and you don't normally see white people will be more relaxed and like, oh my god, uh, I could that get blows you to me run away. away scream it. Yeah, but but Sway ran down the hall yelling that motherfucker, and I'm, I'm like, are you still on the air? Yeah, get back in there. No, well, I think there's, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's like a, a give and take. So I think it's, if 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 you don't try to, you know, analyze things too much. So if I'm doing something to, and you actually let yourself react to it, which is what I had to do on this new show, because mm -hmm. you know, obviously, it's, so I, I wanted to get people to react truthfully and and not filter themselves. So I had to do things that were specific to each person, and it might be something that's just there to shock them and to break their, you know, skepticism. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's part of the whole show. And it, that that was the intriguing and fun part for me. <laughs> see, I'm wondering, too, when I see you do that, I'm like, am I being set up? I am just constantly here. Like, suddenly I'll see a rabbit appear behind me. But you also work in, to people in different languages. Well, that's you, that's that's also fun with magic, because you don't really need language. It's You mm -hmm. can just do things, and it's visual. Um, Who are the people that you got in the special with you here, and why did you pick them out? I went after just every everybody from all different walks of life, whether I stopped them on the street or whether it's, you know, guys that I love like Harrison Ford and Woody mm -hmm. Allen and, you know, the guys from... Well, Woody Allen doesn't do anything. He's you know amazing. What I mean? he doesn't... He's, he's one of my now, heroes. Is he a guy that amazing. started in magic, too? He loves magic. He's yeah. a, and he's a magician, yeah. He, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. And on the show, it's really funny with him. Yeah, but I I felt very lucky with this show because every you know everybody was was really you know I we didn't we 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 just you know I basically just asked Woody because I knew him for so many years and done that I was like is there any way I could try this new thing out on you for my new show but I don't know what I'm doing it's not perfected it's a brand new thing and I would love to so <laughs> and it came out pretty crazy. Well, Woody started that way. I think Johnny Carson started a magic. A lot of people yeah. who are entertainers because i think it's the first thing like little kids will get interested that's in. right a lot that's right a lot of my friends started as magicians they they usually you know gave it up at a certain age but yeah because it's hard is that why people no tend to give i think it up? it's no i no I, I think you just grow up i just haven't grown up officially yet <laughs> what's with the what made you get into these major stunts that really aren't well, illusions. I think part of it is, um, you know, I think like as a kid, the, one of the first images that I saw of a magician was Harry Houdini, right. obviously, in the library. There was a book of him chained to the side of a building. And that image was so freaky to me. I just couldn't get it out of my head. So I started reading about him and trying to understand him. And then, and then I started doing things like trying to hold my breath like he could. Or I was also born with intern feet. So I would, you know, I, I, so I had certain disadvantages. So what I would do is I would try to run barefoot in the snow you know mm -hmm. just to overrides or, or all winter just wear a t-shirt so just doing things to kind of build up resistance which i don't recommend to anybody by the way and um and i think by 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 moving in that direction i, I started to realize that i could do some of these things for real that seem impossible like learning how to hold the breath for over 20 minutes now and things like that yeah. and you came upon that on yourself it wasn't like Oh, this is something I could do later for a job. You were just a kid trying to yeah, it was get something, Yeah, it was like an Yeah, exactly. It was just something I like. It made me yeah, like like challenging the other kids when I was like six and I was on the YMCA swim team and I would see because in order to I couldn't swim that fast because of what I said about the feet. Yeah. So what I would do is I would just not breathe. So I would just swim 
to the other end not breathe and and you know and i started to get better and better at it and then i would challenge the other kids i'd say because you know who could stay under the longest and i'd right. stay under while they went up and down like five or six times and stuff like that see i think there's a lot to be in the different kid i think that that <laughs> i don't that, recommend it yeah <laughs> but but it does make you stronger as you get older you know you figure out how to work things out yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I think I like one of my, the highlights of my life is my childhood, but I think most of it was because I had a mother that just, I was, you know, she was a godsend. So she, yeah. she believed in everything and she was, she was curious and she always took me to libraries or museums or parks and did the simple things in life that matter the most. So I, I do think she allowed me to kind of, you know, believe that I was able to do this ridiculous thing which is you know try to become a magician which was you know like such a far-fetched dream as a kid do you ever have any straight jobs at all did you ever yeah i mean i did construction when yeah. i was like 16 and i used to when buildings used to burn down i'd be the guy that went into the whole building and scrubbed all the soot off the walls and i'd sneeze black stuff out of my nose like a couple of weeks each job and then um yeah and then i started waiting tables when when i was and i was a busboy when i was like uh like 12 11 or 12 and my friend's dad uh, in a diner near us and then i just yeah and and i think those were you know that i started doing magic in in some of those places and i think that was where i started to learn how to how to the psychology of you know when you walk up to a table it's like there's a certain distance that you have to stand to not be annoying but right. yet to not be underwhelming where the magic would work so i think working restaurants and doing all that stuff when i was like a teenager i think really really taught me a lot about people so it's it's like it's i think that's i think those jobs were part of the inspiration that drove me to actually you know fight really hard to to do magic well that's that's the thing too because i guess that you were reading people you weren't as interested as presentation as a lot of young magicians they think bigger is better and i gotta build something large i think yeah i think that's actually not a bad point i think like a really a big part to what I do is kind of just trying to interact with somebody. So yeah. you're right. It's not about a patter. It's about trying to have a conversation almost, but using magic as that conversation. So you're right. If you have a set patter, it's, it's more difficult to, to let the moments become natural. And this is the thing that, you know, David came into this in the first TV special, uh, which was really a game changer. Uh, and you're coming back after 15 years and doing Street Magic again on TV. And this one's called Real or Magic. It premieres tomorrow night, Tuesday, November 13th on ABC. Um, has your deal always been along the lines of working with like ABC or... Do you move around with different companies? I've actually been with ABC since uh, the very first show. So yeah. I, I had this idea and I just ran around and shot it with like a little video camera and edited it with two VCRs. And it was, like I said, it was to show people from all, all, all walks of life and show the similarities by just showing the best side, the highlights of everybody. And then somehow, I, I, after years of persistence, I got ABC to bite on it. And I just went and spent a couple of years working really hard on making that show. And I hired Stephen Chow, who did that TV show called Cops. Mm -hmm. And because I wanted it to feel like that, I wanted to have that natural feeling, and and that was that was the seed of of the idea. Was you know, uh, it's November nineteenth, November nineteenth, Tuesday, um, 
uh, on ABC. More information, go to abc.com. Do you have any big ideas that you haven't got to yet in terms of stunts, David? Things There's that you one that I've been intimidated by forever, and I don't know how it's possible, but there is a guy that stayed awake for over 11 days, and so that, you know, a million seconds would be 11.57 days, so that would be the world record. But sleep deprivation, I think, is the scariest thing in the world. That because you start to basically trip, you just start yeah, to but also the, yeah, and I don't know how you build the resistance to it because I've tried for years. I mean, I'm I'm up to like five and a half days with no problem, but it's very difficult. It's very hard. But why do that when you know you've got this other thing? To well, no, no, I love doing both, but there's a part of it that's amazing. Like when you do start, you know, when, you're, when your eyes are open, but you're having dreams at the same time, but yeah. you're not seeing, it's really amazing. I mean, it's not like taking drugs. It's like so your brain does something different. So I think like lots of the, the Native American the, uh, traditions was that they would try to stay awake for a week and it would stimulate parts of their brain that, that they could never really get to. So it's... They're, but, they're, but, you know, it's not only then that Moses was into that when you know he went up on the mountain and stuff and he that stayed they, awake yeah well I, yeah there was there was always long-term things about staying awake and and food depriving and all that stuff to make and i think lots of like the uh the yogis and the monks yeah. i think they all use restriction and deprivation to find something else I, there is something about that like 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 the highlight one of the highlights of anything i've ever done work related was the 44 day fast with just water and it's like all of a sudden things become different like even just the color blue looks different it looks, right you really notice things and you become more emotional so i think fasting actually is is a really interesting part of it as well like and, and that's a part of every stunt because i can't use a bathroom obviously so i'm always fasting for extended periods but the bad part of that is that when i'm done i'm, I'm you know i'm starving so i <laughs> eat and i put on 30 pounds in like two weeks i'm not even kidding you just allow yourself to uh, <laughs> oh, whatever yeah, because... it's the worst i'm an, an extreme maniac with that stuff it's but there's terrible. there's danger to that as well right you're 100 percent right yeah. yeah um in new york when you do this it's always amazing the way the whole city comes together uh i think i've seen everything that you've done in the city and it is such a it's such a throwback type of entertainment it really does go back to houdini pre-television yeah or you know? even like the old vaudevillian days when, yeah yeah it was it was and and that's what my mother also did as a kid is she would take me to those types of things in coney island so i would see people doing these weird things and they would also i'd also watch the crowd and think about you know yeah. what, what 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 makes this interesting and and you know I, I, that is a part of it that's interesting is that is that houdini aspect of trying to make something that's you know uh, uh, uh seemingly strange but impossible image become you know become real is yeah and it was always the pitch in the carnival world the pitch was as important as the stunt what you would do to draw people in the idea of it was every bit as as, as important of what went down yeah there's there's this kafka story uh called the hunger artist and in it there's this dime circus performer and nobody watches him do his show they don't nobody cares so he puts himself in this cage like an animal cage mm -hmm. and he says i'm not going to eat anymore and all of a sudden everybody starts to show up to see this dime circus perform who's now drawing huge crowds but he's disappearing 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 and by the end everybody's looking in there and he doesn't they can't see him but he's still in there <laughs> well your stuff it always seems to make a certain amount of people enraged too have you noticed like when you do a stunt there's a segment 
of the community that's enraged about it. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's really funny. I think that's part of I think that's part of the the the, the fascination with it is that you know it's like I get that too sometimes. Like I'll go to a museum and look at a piece of art and get really amped. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but right. I, but so like I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, the people who yell, I could have just painted blue. Shit, yeah. you're like, then do it, dude. Just do it. Draw a crowd with it. Uh, David Blaine. Uh, Real or Magic premieres tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday, November 19th, 9.30, 8.30 Central on ABC. Uh, first time in 15 years that you're back doing street magic. I'm glad you're doing this. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time coming Thank in. Thank you man. for having me. Yeah. Hurry up with my damn massage. Hurry up with my damn Get the Porsche out the damn garage. Even though I'm a man of God, my whole life in the hand of God. So y'all better quit playing with God. Soon as they like you, make them unlike you. Just kissing people ass is so unlike you. The only rapper compared to Michael. So here's a few hating ass niggas to fight you. And here's a few snake ass niggas to fight you. I don't even want to hear about when niggas might do. Old niggas mentally still in high school. Since the tight jeans, they ain't never like you. Pink ass polos with a fucking backpack. But everybody know you brought real rap back. Nobody has swag, man. We the rap pack. Virgil Pirates, Dossie Snapback. I been diamond, shot down shining. Monopoly in this bitch again, change the crime. Hop in this bitch again. Same thing I'm in Until the day I get struck by lightning I am a god So hurry up with my damn massage In a French ass restaurant Hurry up with my damn croissants I am a god Jesus, he said, What up, Jesus? I said, Shit, I'm chilling, trying to stack these millions. I know he the most high, but I am a close high. Mi casa, su casa, that's our costa nostra. Mike Kaka is sitting in here in HDG, <laughs> alright, and he just did a trick on his way out. By the way, he was so kind about, he says no one ever asked me questions like that, which was cool to, to hear him go into that. But it has to do with reads. Now, the entire time that he was in here, I was watching to see how he matched me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And just as he's leaving, he goes, let's do this thing. He shows me a deck of cards. He goes, all right, you know, there's an examine the cards, these regular cards, yeah. Did I cut the deck first before I said the name of the card? No. no. 
Okay, so he says, say the name of a card. I know I'm not to go to face cards. I'm not going to fucking make it easy for him. <laughs> I go, five of diamonds. He goes, cut the deck. I'm holding the deck. No one else is. No. He says, turn this card over. And he still hasn't touched the deck. I cut on my own accord. Turned it over. Five of diamonds. We got to figure out how he did that. Yeah. Now, let, let's fucking... Figure this out. Let's just figure this out. I have the deck. Yeah. Did I did I say five of diamonds before I cut the card? No. He told you to look at the deck yeah. quickly. And then he said, think of a card in your head. Have nothing to do with what you saw or what you looked at. Just think of a card and say out loud what it was. And that's when you said five of diamonds. Then he said, cut the deck to the best of your ability in the middle of the deck. Yeah, as middle as you can. And he even said, I'm not going to touch deck. Flip over that card. Yeah, and when, well, when you cut the deck, I guess you could see that the cut part wasn't it. So kind of feels like the trick didn't work. I went and looked at the ten of clubs, yeah. which was sitting there. Right. Yeah. But no, I wasn't even doing that because I knew that the trick wasn't over. So he says, turn that card over. Turn over the card that's on the top of your other And it's other the five hand. of diamonds. Okay. So how the hell could that happen? Because he didn't have the deck at all. He wasn't touching it when you... He never got... touched it since he handed it to me. Yeah. And he even said, you have to turn... He doesn't want to touch the card. You have to turn it over. I am a great magician. Yeah. Is the only way to deal with that. <laughs> I am a, uh, a, a fantastic magician. Because if he said, cut the deck, then pick the card, which he didn't, he said, pick the card, then cut the deck... I'd say, all right, he knows exactly where the cards are. He saw the one side was the ten that you had, and he knew the next one was the five of diamonds, but he made you pick the card before you cut the deck. That was amazing. How... Is he a wizard? <laughs> there had to be something. Now, could, could he be eye-accessing me? Did I pick the card before I consciously picked the card? When he stopped, before he called, he was just looking down the entire time. He, he was just like, literally just looking down as he was taking the card, the deck of cards out of his hand. I thought it was kind of odd, where he wasn't like making eye contact with you. He was literally just talking and looking down to the right. But you had the deck the entire time after, after you said what card... You had the deck, and you picked the card, so how... I was holding the deck yeah. when I said five of diamonds. I cut the the deck, yeah. and then I turned over the next card, and there was a five of diamonds there. That's fucking impossible. Without, could he have a, uh, like a computerized <laughs> card thing? I... What would that do? Uh, all right, Nick thinks he understands it. Nick. Hey, Rowdy, what's up, man? Yeah. Um, I, I do know how David just did that trick. Um, he's, in fact, an alien. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I really wanted that to... I really wanted to know. Um, that should be impossible. All right, Hosp wants us to say... See if he remembered the guy with the ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> I forgot, we always used to send Dave out as little David Blaine. And the contest winners with crazed AJ Dynamite and Spandy. <laughs> That's when he was in Central Park, David Blaine. Uh, Michelle wrote in, could we ever do an Unmasked with uh, Paul Rubens? I know we've asked before. I would, I, see, I don't like the idea because of the name of the show to sit there and do it with Pee Wee. But I would definitely do it with, with Paul Rubens. 
I, I think David Blaine is one of the best um, close-up guys I've ever seen work. Uh, Ricky Jay is my just all-time favorite, though. I can't believe it's been 15 years since Street Magic. That weirds me out, too. I thought that was in the 2000s. <laughs> in this millennium. Well, he did a couple of those in a row, right? Like, then he went to, like, third world countries and shit. Yeah. And that was just great, because they thought Voodoo was involved. <laughs> um, but this was the beginning of the first time that we saw black people run down the street after seeing a car. Black people respond well to magic. Uh, Spanish people respond well to magic. Um... I do want to figure out that uh, card. Um, let's go to Tim. Tim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron, I had a trip that happened to me like two years ago. And I was, if I explain it, I want to just hear if you guys can maybe figure this out for me. Uh, I had a magician pull out an imaginary deck out of, his, out of his pocket, fanned it out. I picked the card out of the imaginary deck. I stuck it back in the imaginary deck. He closed the imaginary deck up, put it back in his pocket. Then pulled out a real deck of cards, pulled the cards out, showed me it was a real deck, shuffled them, handed them to me, I cut them, he had me flip the card over on top, and it was my card. I have no idea how he did this, and I just wanted to hear if maybe you guys could figure it out for me. Um, no, this one completely weirds me out, too. Do you think a lot of these guys know every card that's in the deck? I mean, does your expertise have to go that far? I think that... Like, I, that that's what had me thinking... Did he IXS me picking the card, but what good would have that have done him anyway? I'm the one who cut the card. The only thing that could happen is that there's some trick that whatever I said, that card could turn into it. It's the only way this trick could work. Yeah, that wouldn't have helped him at all. Nothing would help him except for he would have to have some kind of trigger in his pocket to be able to make any deck... Any card in there change, but he said examine the deck so it's a regular pack of cards. Even if there was something like 99% of people choose the five of diamonds, you cut it. So you could have cut no it one's a card over. Yeah, no one's going to choose the five of diamonds either. Um, all right, let's go over to Lewis. Lewis, you're on the run of Fez show. Well, now that you said that um, he made you examine the cards, now that's going to make me rethink things. What I what I thought at first was that um, he somehow put the idea in your head to pick the five of diamonds, and he just has a bunch of different decks that have you know uh, you know this deck has the odds of picking the five of diamonds. Okay, okay. Here's a really fucking good point. This is a good point. He was fucking with me before we got in there. So why yeah. I asked him about hypnosis and NLP, right? He shows me a regular deck of cards. Yeah. There, and somehow he's gotten it into my head that I picked the five of diamonds. By the way, I know for a fact I picked five of diamonds while I was looking at the deck. Okay, mm -hmm. you caught it, and s I saw the five of diamonds go by. I thought to myself, "What a great card!" You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Okay. Did he? Now, if you remember, he works. Yeah. You know, he points at his head the whole time that you're in discussion with, with him. He's got... Did he plant that in my head? Even if he did, then the deck would have to be set up in some way that it would have been impossible to you, for you to cut it anywhere but that spot. No, not if they were all five of diamonds. Is it, but you looked at... You saw them all. There weren't multiple. He would have changed that deck. We would. The deck he would have shown us would have changed... 
and I would have taken a different deck oh, than the one he showed us. Go back in time. Yeah. No, but here's the thing: you're not going to be able to follow that. That's that's sleight of hand. So he would have had to do two things. He would have had to implant five of diamonds into my head, making me a fucking squawking monkey. You know what I mean? And he, the zookeeper. Two, he shows me a deck, and sleight of hand, I get the different deck that no matter where I would have cut it, five of diamonds would have came okay, up. Okay, but you know that when you cut it, the other card I in your other hand that. was the ten of something, not a five of diamonds. You are so correct it's not about all fives that. of diamonds yeah. in there. We don't know that. We know that there we might be saw more than one. We saw a ten of club and of five of diamonds. We saw them both. Right, and you had to be able to cut where you didn't come up here's with the other, five of diamonds. Here's the other part that fucks with the being a, a, a deck like that. Any asshole guy might just go, you know, He, I'm controlling the cards. So if it's all five of diamonds, any asshole guy could go, wait a minute, yeah. right. and look into the deck. Did you see the five of diamonds or just call it out? That's a very good question. Did I subconsciously see the five of diamonds i believe that i did now i could not swear to either in a court of law because i think i may have some insight from the hallway because before he came in for the interview he really loaded up on the visine and i'm wondering if there's some sort of visine no, trick where he can use it as a mirror to see what you're looking at no, that, on a reflective surface well, he was looking at all, the cards. Let's right? get, at all the cards th th first of all he was putting the visine in because he was underwater for an hour today and <laughs> coronated pool. Two, he doesn't need, he showed me the entire deck. There doesn't need to be vi the visine. Well, um, and he told you not to pick just based on what you saw. Pick out of your head, not on what you were looking at. Um, here's uh, Woody, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, did David see the ten of clubs when you turned it over first? Because he may have, he may have said cut the cards, and when you turned that ten of clubs, it, if it was your five of diamonds, he would have, you would have been freaked out then too. Or he saw it was the ten of clubs and then told you turn the next card over. No, because I'm the guy who cut the cards. He, he had to pick <laughs> the five of diamonds before he cut the cards. And once he handed me the deck, he never did anything again and only asked me two things. One, call out my card. Two, cut the deck. But I see what the caller's saying. He's not. It's not the answer, but he is saying it gave him two shots for you to have that five of diamonds, either when you How? cut it and he could have said, there's your card, but when he saw it wasn't there, that gave him a second shot that it was the next one. That doesn't make sense because I was... I looked at the at the clubs on my own. Yeah, I shouldn't have even done that. He said, t t "Check the cards," and I just turned the right oh, deck, right, right. kind of being dickish. There was no reason for me to even do it. But mathematically, what you're talking about, the odds would be yeah. astronomical. Yeah. That and and that wasn't the game. I did pick before, so mm -hmm. when people started thinking about even memorizing the cards, mathematically, the odds have got to be phenomenal. Um, but he didn't shuffle the deck beforehand. He just fanned the deck. Yes, yeah. and we don't know if that's the same deck that I got. Yeah. But here's the problem. How would he know that I'm going to pick five of diamonds, no matter right. what he does there? Yeah, I, I don't see that helping him, even if he did have that whole deck memorized. I don't... That doesn't now, here's what you have to remember. It. 
to play this fucking game. He's thinking all the time. Yeah. Every minute of the day, he's thinking about this thing. So it's, in a lot of ways, he's a good salesman. He's a good uh, psychologist. Um, he is reading me. I want to fucking figure out how he got me to pick five of diamonds. Well, if that, because that's the only way it could work. When he was fanning the deck out for you, I mean, these guys play with your minds, so maybe he just stuttered ever so slightly on that five of diamonds oh, right. when he showed it to you, showed it to you a little bit more than every other card, you know, and got it in your head. Now remember, consciously he said it doesn't even have to be a card that you've seen now. Yeah. Now that, but even. If you buy that, he's, Ronnie still had to cut still the cards cut the where the five but, but ends see, up in but, that position. But see, that's the thing. I'm more, I'm more willing to believe that it's a gimmick deck, right? Yeah, I believe Then Than I am that he put the word five of diamonds in my head. He obviously didn't do it in the two seconds he took to do the trick. Yeah. He would have had to done it during the interview. Mm -hmm. So we could go back during the interview. Now, also, why oh I brought up God. NLP to him is because I saw him go to his head a couple of times, and I even called him on it. I go, I don't know whether you're fucking with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because I see there's no reason to go back to some of the moves that he's done. Um, he's fucking brilliant at this, though. Um, here's uh, Jim in Iowa. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hi. Hey, it was pretty amazing even just listening to it. I saw Steve Martin do that same trick ages ago on Carson in the arrow through the head phase, and uh, he got the card wrong. And um, so he said, well, wait a minute, I have an insurance policy in my pocket here that will tell me how I can collect because I got this wrong. And when he unfolded the insurance company, or the insurance policy, it was the right card, and Carson literally burst out laughing. It was just... Well, all these card tricks are somewhat of a variation of each other. You know, they all follow into certain ways. You have one skill set while manipulating cards or whatever, and then you just apply them in different presentations. That's always a favorite to me when the magician makes you think they screwed up for a second, where you're like, they you never didn't do. get it, but they then it's do. always that's when even you're more amazing. Yeah, that's when you're absolutely <laughs> screwed. Um... Here's Dennis. Dennis, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie. That deck is a gimmick deck. Every other card is the five of diamonds, and it's shaved so that when you fan it, the longer one show one way, and when you fan it the other way, every other card is the five of diamonds. So when you cut it, the longer card stays in your hand, and the shorter card falls down. So, right. that so I'm willing to go for that. So why did I pick the five of diamonds? Because he stopped longer on the five of diamonds, and your head will go to that card 99 times out of 100. And yet I even thought of changing it. I sat there. Matter of fact, I did change from a face card to the five of diamonds. See, I think it's more likely that he's planted it during the interview, like you said, because I picked the nine of clubs. You know, I'm standing right behind you watching the same thing, and I picked the nine of clubs in my head. So, w it, the the visual illusion alone did wouldn't you, have made And you watched that. him fan the cards? Yes. Yeah. 
See, now, I watched in Friendly Cars. I don't remember what I picked, but I remember a red card more than another I card. do agree with that. I, I absolutely right. remember a red card when he fanned it. But I still picked the nine of clubs. Could he have seen that in his visine, the, the reflection off the visine? He's using it as a mirror to yeah. read what's in your eyes. Go get a bottle of visine and load up, and we'll see if you can see things. It takes years of practice. <laughs> um, After here, 30 minutes of sitting here's through Here's George, you're on the Run Fez show. Was that me? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, hey, man. Hey, buddy. Um, all right. It's his head. He, he positioned that card. Like, he he, he told you what, what to pick. It's the same trick as in uh, uh, Now You See Me. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But in the beginning of that movie, the card guy fans out uh, cards, and he pretty much tells you the card to pick. And then he flips it up in the air and... All of a sudden, that card, that card that you saw, is on the building. I don't know if you saw that movie. But yeah, I did exactly, see that movie. He positioned, he positioned that card so that it's going to stand out. It's not like a trick, or there's no slice in the card, or it's not like. That's why a, I brought up hypnosis back. and NLP to him. That you're basically using seduction therapies to people. That's it. Yeah, he's and I, and, but here's what fucking annoys me. I'm looking out for seduction therapy. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want to get wet for him. I want to make him fucking work for it. I want to get a box of chocolates. But you let I don't want to just fucking leave. You let him know that, so maybe he used it against you. I want to go listen to the interview again and see if I can find any places where he's putting that idea into your head. Um, here's uh, Ryan. Ryan, you're on the Run Fest show. Ryan. That trick, do you ever see him do it where he uh, has someone pick the card and then he'll throw it against the window and yeah. their card ends up on the other side of the window? Yeah. So in that thing, he's forcing that card. He's forcing that card upon him. What we're all amazed, right? Yeah. Is that, you know, you could look up and a plane goes by and it would say five of diamonds, right? Yeah. That's no different than the trick that he just did here, except for you go and add the extra shit. And then we're even more blown away because a fucking plane comes by <laughs> with my card on it. We're just screaming. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we were all acting like that to him, too. Like, we just lost any type of sensibility. <laughs> we like, You're the greatest person I've ever lived. Shit. You're better than Jesus. Start a church. Start a church, David Blaine. Take my money. Take it. <laughs> but see, in the, you know, Carney and Rube thing, you never mind being a Rube if it's fun. You know what yeah. I mean? If it's enjoyable, you have to give it up to a person that's really skilled at this. And you know, I mean, imagine what a, a, if you would, instead of telling kids, study, you know, whatever, you just said, look, learn 15 card tricks. You're going to meet people. Girls are, yeah, girls are going to fucking want to hang out and ask you questions. Yeah. You should force your kid into the card tricks before you have them playing fucking football or something. Um, here's uh, Craig. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, so every single time you do a card trick, I guess you would pick a different card, right? You would assume, yeah. 
So if you pick the same card every time, that'd be a really tr- tough trick to pull off. It's interesting to see how you play it. Again, he's not a wizard. He this this is explainable stuff. Yeah. And then the fun part of it, like with any puzzle, is seeing if you can put it together. It still does not take away from the fact that he made us all into five year olds within the heartbeat of fucking expecting it to happen. Yeah. He still pulls it off and just blows it away. He's got the weirdest presentation in history. He mumbles. He doesn't play to the back of the room. No. It's like it's kind of like oddly intimate when he was doing it. It's very intimate. Because like he was like up on you maybe like a couple inches away from you and just like like staring down like he was going to whisper in your ear or something. He was really yeah. just seeing it fucking right here in front of me. That was nuts. And that is the way he does it. He he plays the each person you know what i mean yeah. another seduction is a part of it another interesting thing is when you waved me and mike over to come watch there was a woman with him who was standing next to you yeah. and she made sure to set it up to move us acting like she was doing us a favor here you guys come over here so you can see better but she was also making sure that we were in this you know not behind him where it's not that we would see the wires or anything but you're in a different vantage point and it's going to work differently I think you're overthinking that one, because I think that that was just his PR. Now, the hot chick that he was with, I have no idea, but (laughs) he has always gotten great women, too. Oh, yeah. Since that's, uh, yeah. She was tall. Yeah. She was tall. She was gorgeous, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were sitting right next to her. Why don't you try to make your move? (laughs) I don't know whether you like cupcakes. Eyes in the back of his head, and he would have seen me do something. And then you would have ended up, your hand starts withering yeah. as the day has gone on. <laughs> I can't use my tongue anymore. My Kaka's in here. He is, well, he's a magician himself. He came up with the Ron Barrington cupcake. Still the number one seller in Chicago. Still number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I tell people this on Twitter. Sometimes I just go looking at people talking about the cupcake. And it always makes me more happy than everything I've ever done with my real life. <laughs> the cupcake? I mean, the cupcake's fantastic. Yes, that's exactly... Why are you confused about these little things I say, Chris? <laughs> I just get confused easily. I don't know. I think Blowhard's so right about you. <laughs> Blowhard's right about nothing. I do want you to try and do a different way of behaving with him. Okay. I know I really lost it on Friday. That was bad. You did lose it on Friday. And I was a total just fucking breakdown. <laughs> You're tired. You're about to come into your Thanksgiving break. Uh, speaking of Thanksgiving breaks, the iBang, this year we're doing the Thanksgiving contest. But I also want to do another thing this year. Let's put up a thread if you want to be thanked during the Thanksgiving show. Oh. Or send out like a Twitter size thing of somebody that you want to say thank you to. Maybe that's even better. We'll let you give your thank yous. So it would be Chris Stanley would say, I just wanted to thank Blowhard for helping me work on my anger management. I would never, I'm not going to thank him for anything. Well, I'm just giving an example. Oh, sure. All right. So it would be like Chris Stanley wants to send his thank you out to the Blowhard for teaching him. 
that he's just a little bitch and doesn't know how to mm. act and Blowhard calls him on it. Mm. You know, well, something like yeah, that. That, that I, I would never say that, but as an example, I don't know why Blowhard keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Not going to thank him for anything. You know why I think that you're upset with Blowhard? Yeah. You see a lot of you in Blowhard. No. No, I don't at all. Not at all. Zero. You're a single guy. I have a girlfriend. You're a guy living alone. Yeah. Like Blowhard. <laughs> okay, all right. He's in Brooklyn. Yeah. You're in what I call the new old Brooklyn, Queens. Q Borough. Yeah. That's where Brooklyn used to be years ago when we acted like it was trashy. Queens isn't trashy. You're surrounded by Chinese people, live all in your neighborhood. Yeah. You're still there. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the, the white man holdout. <laughs> And both of you have foot problems. My feet are great. <laughs> Today. Uh, John in Philly, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hi, it's John. You talking yeah. to me? Hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm just calling about the card trick. Um, it was driving me insane. Your methods were killing me. Um, did you want to know how it's done? No! Stop talking about this. Well, if, <laughs> because if you do, But John, if you were a magician, wouldn't you like to know that we can't figure it out fast? I, I am a magician and I hate every minute of these ex explanations. They're killing me. <laughs> so, uh, please, stop. Here's what I want I, you to do. Do I got what? an off the, off the air phone here? Uh, yeah. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to go in the other room and figure yeah. out how the trick was done. Okay. okay. I'll tell you exactly how it's done. All right. Hold on. I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, I'm going to break now. When we come back, I want to work out our Thanksgiving ideas. Okay. All right? We'll be right back. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. show uh david blaine came in here earlier today and you know you will be watching his special uh tomorrow night by the way why did you hand me this he said 13th uh, when you but what was i trying to do to him at the time oh um so joe from philly who's a magician explained to me how to do the card trick uh, that David Blaine did to me off air today. And I thought would be more fun would be instead of explaining it, because I don't like to give away guys. So this is what some guys do for a living. As a matter of fact, uh, David Mamet called up Ricky Jay. Uh, David Mamet is the great Chicago playwright, filmmaker, and he loves, you know, street angles, guys, uh, confidence men, ways to rip guys up. So. He called up Ricky Jay and asked him uh, how some of these things are done. And Ricky said, well, you know, a lot of these ripples people make their living at. Why don't I just design one for you? I don't want to tell you how one is done if someone's out there doing it. I'll just design one for you and you can do it in your movie. 
And that's how David Mamet, the great playwright, and Ricky Jay, the great magician and historian, became friends. And I thought, rather than explain the trick, here I could, with no magic training at all. Chris, you've never seen me do magic before. No, never, never. Fez, once, you've no. known me for decades. Have you ever seen me do a magic trick? Never. Do you believe that I know how to do this one now? Uh, the one that we just learned minutes ago from David Blaine, that for us is so mind-blowing, do you think it could be simple enough that Joe from Philly taught me how to do it in seconds? Now, what I'm going to do differently than David Blaine is I have the deck of cards here that we had David Blaine sign. By the way, this is a brilliant idea. To win a deck of cards signed by David Blaine is just... I think this would be a great Christmas present for a kid or whoever wants to try to win this as we come up. I'm going to hand you the deck. And Fez, I just want you to explain to the audience that that deck is sealed. That deck is completely sealed. There is a piece of tape with a spade on it that keeps the box completely sealed. What is on it? It says the U.S. Playing Card Company. Okay, so that's... Don't even hand it back to me. Okay. This has been out of my hands for how long now, Fez? Um, for probably about 30, 45 seconds now. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up that deck of cards. Okay. And, Chris, you can yeah. explain to the audience that I'm standing back. Yeah, uh, he's about three feet away from Fez, Ron is. Yeah. And now Fez is now opening up a brand new deck of cards. This thing was just bought and signed by Mr. David Blaine. And Fez is going through it. Fez, try not to rip that deck since we're handing it out. That <laughs> yeah. We're giving it away. We're all good. It is yeah. open. Take the, the, the deck out and put the box over to the side. Make sure all the cards come out of the deck. Now, Fez, you're going to see, like, what do you call cards on the top? Would you take that off for me? Uh-huh. And explain to everybody what that is. Um, it's uh, get in the game. It's find out about our new products. All from right, so Bicycle hold that parts. up so these guys can see this. And put that down to your left. What's the other one? The other one is can't remember the rules, and it shows you how a put website. That now, look through there to see if there's a joker or not. Yes. Please put the Joker down. I don't want... Yeah, I don't think anybody has a problem with the fact that the Joker should not go in this. I mean, you don't use this for poker. No. You don't have a Joker for poker because you're not five years old. Exactly. All right, Fez, you remember... Were you here when David Blaine was setting it out? No. What he did was fan the cards, right? Okay. Now, when he fanned the cards, what Joe, the magician from Philly, explained to me, that the number one card, which is the, the toughest to pick up statistically least picked card, is the seven of diamonds. The seven of diamonds. Um, Mike, what did I pick? Five of diamonds. Five of diamonds, which he told me is either third or fourth least statistical. So, it in my head, I believed I was really going out of my way not to pick a card. Um... Ace of Spades and Queen of Hearts are statistically the ones that people pick the most. Fez, do you, I know that you don't play a lot of cards. Yeah. Cause, so could you turn those over and just fan them out? All right, fan them face up. Fan them out, but fan them. Fan them. Yeah. Nice there. Now, instead of touching it, I'm going to do something here. Let me come over and try to use your mic. Okay. Window. All right? 
And what I'm phantom more too. So, all right, I didn't even notice this. You still got the Joker in there. Oh, I, I asked you two. to take that out. Yes, yeah. there's two. Like the, the top card there was a Joker. See that? Yeah. That's a Joker. Now the other thing, Fez, I'm going to need you to do. Can you shuffle those cards? Because if you can see, they're all the hearts are in one, and all the clubs are in one, all the diamonds are in one, all the spades are in one. All right. So what I need you to do is shuffle, shuffle. It's because it's a brand new deck out. It's of the a box. brand new deck, yeah. Yeah. I need you to shuffle that deck. All right. But to do it in a timely fashion. Yeah, I'm not a good shuffler. I've never been able to shuffle cards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to do that, but I appreciate all the Where's laughter. The bridge? In the room. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have to do that a couple more times. Would you like one of the other people to shuffle for you? I would appreciate it. We really you need to shuffle. Bridge, you could just shuffle. Alright, this. I'll shuffle the cards. This kind of fucks it up. But one of the things that Joe explained to me is that intelligent people are more likely to fall for a card trick because you're engaged in it. The, yeah. the, the toughest people to do a card trick for are drunks and children. And drunk children are just about impossible. <laughs> to. Uh, now, I don't want you to hand it to me, Chris. Do, shuffle it one more time just so no one thinks that we're fucking around here. Okay, one more time. And what I might want to do... Because Fez seemed like he was struggling with the fanning, right? Yeah. Take that card. I don't want to take it, Fez. Eight, eight times these guys have tried to to put the cards back in my head. I want you to fan it out now. Okay. So, uh, you can see by the fact that there's seven spades still in a row, we still had some difficulty shuffling. Give it back to Chris one more time. And shuffle it just really good. Remember, this is a brand new deck. All right. Brand new deck. Just give it a couple more shuffles. Chris, you play a lot of cards? At times, yes. What, what's your game of choice? A uh, seven-card stud. I don't like hold'em. There's no reason that you should. <laughs> the game's been bypassed. Okay, hand it back to Fez now. Now, Fez, uh, fan him out again. All right. Now, I am obviously going to do a style of seduction, but I want to do it without touching the cards, right? So now that they're over, Fez, keep them all out. I'm just going to wave my hand over at once and then back again. Hand that deck back to uh, Chris. Now, I'm not asking you to put a put a card in your head yet. I don't want you to do that. Right, Fez? Right. It no, is all you the, did was wave your hand over. It is the Ron and Fez show, and I'm trying to do a card trick that I just learned moments ago from a caller. Um, let's give it back to Fez one more time. Now, uh, Fez, do you have the card in your head? Yes, I do. Now, I want you, without telling me or anyone else, what that card is. Alright. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody, right? Cut the cards now. Okay. Now, that's not what you do when you cut the card. You don't put it down on the ground. Just, Fez, you're putting it back together. I don't want you to do that. I want you to keep it in each hand. Okay. Okay? Now, head up like this. Say exactly what the card was. Two of hearts. Two of hearts. <laughs> and that whole thing was just, uh, I don't know how to do the trick. 
<laughs> I, just I thought you picked it up. You're a quick learner. No. <laughs> just, just yank his mustache as hard as I could. That's all. That was the trick. It's a great trick. Yeah. That's a real sleight of hand. It is. It is. Did you notice? Yeah, I was like, what? What's happening? That mustache is being pulled up. So Joe did explain it to me. I don't think that we were, we were right about two things. It did have to do with gimmick decks, seduction itself, which that part annoys me more than anything. That got, really bothers me. They got inside your head just a little bit. Ridiculous since I was watching for it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't even think it was just a little bit. He had me pick a card. And I thought to myself, another card that was a face card, and then went... No, it would be better if I picked something weird. Five of diamonds. Here's what bothers me about that. That was not my decision. That's... David Blaine. That's David Blaine. That's a fucking master. And when you hear about other people busting David Blaine's balls or whatever, you know, some other magicians will do it. Because some of the stuff that he does is stunts, not magic. I could see getting, you know, bummed out with the, why should a person stay awake 11 days in a row. But, uh, and oh, well, I think he's using fake eyes and he sleeps behind them. You know what I mean? Like, people will say he's getting food into the thing. But the interesting thing is, he doesn't seem to work a lot and still makes a lot of money. I mean, you don't see him touring around. There's no, there's, he's not in Vegas. He's not doing the David Blaine. Right, Vegas show. Yeah. And, the 50, and just the 15 years since that first special just fucking really seems crazy. Well, you probably were a kid when you saw it, right? Yeah, you were like 15 years old at yeah. the time. Yeah. Just young, bright-eyed, had their whole life ahead of you. Damn. So did I fool you when I pulled Fez's mustache real hard? You got me. I never. I, I was. You got me good. <laughs> Where, Fuzz? Yeah, right on both sides of my lip. Are you going to shave the mustache? Or you're going to keep it? No, I'm gonna. The mustache will be a year old on Thanksgiving, and then I can get rid of it. Well, you don't want to do it off the air, right? No, no. I mean, as long as I make it the year, I can come back and we can get rid of it. Maybe turn it into my eyebrows or something. <laughs> I don't know. He's stunt boy for the show now. That's what Fuzz's new role is: stunt boy. Uh, Alright, so we're going to do the regular Thanksgiving contest where you send your pictures in and you try to have the greatest um, Thanksgiving that you could ever have. Uh, Mike Kaka is here. And Mike, I know you were, you were born where? Uh, I was born in California. Oh, I didn't know that you were born in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were born in Cyprus. No, I, I was two months old and then we left. So that you was were two months old when you left California. California, yeah. All right. So where do you consider yourself from? Um, I kind of grew up all over the country and, and a little in Europe. So I went to high school in Pennsylvania. So yeah, if I someone said, "Where are you from?" Where would you say? Well, I'd say Pennsylvania. That's not the weirdest thing. We're not from where we were born. Like a lot of people said, "Well, I was born in New York, but I was raised in Jersey." I go, oh, "You lived in New York when you were a baby?" No, that's where the hospital was. And I go, "It never occurs to me to say where the hospital was." No, yeah. people say that if, if they like the place that they were born in, 
like say in New York, then they'll say that. Would some people like, let's say you were born in an airplane, yeah. would you say <laughs> that you're born in an airplane, or would you say over the state that, that <laughs> occupied that airspace? I'm from about thirty thousand feet in the, in the sky, above the Moin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cloud baby. Because you were born and raised in the same town. Yeah, yeah, in Florida. Yes, I know. I'm very familiar with you. Um, so was I. I was, I was born in like the neighborhood hospital in a Catholic hospital, in my neighborhood. I was born in Queens, New York. Born and bred, still there. What hospital? Mount Sinai. Mm. In Queens. The one in Manhattan's a lot better. Uh, Tom, you're on the Run of Fest show. Having a question for Todd. Yeah. When you shave your mustache, are you going to be worried about people seeing the stretch marks? Good question, Fez. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about not having it to uh, uh, to fidget with as a nervous habit of mine. You're worried about not having a nervous habit. Of where's it going to go next? If it's not the mustache and the mustache isn't there to pull on, where does it head from there? I'm getting the same way with your mustache. I just want to pull on it constantly now. You got it after good. After yanking it the last time. That was so much fun. That was so exciting. Looks like it felt good. Ooh, there's magic just happened underneath <laughs> me. Uh, Dave. Dave in Cleveland. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, guys. I was born in a car in a cemetery. And I definitely say I was born in a cemetery when anybody asks. Now, what would be weird is that if you die in a baby hospital, oh. he dies in a maternity ward. <laughs> that would be Benjamin Buttons. At that point, you would be the fucking Benjamin Buttons of reality. Um, where were you born? In a hospital. In a nice hospital. They had everything I needed there. Did you like magic when you were a kid, Chris? Fuck, I loved it, and seeing that is just like magic's the coolest shit ever. There's nothing. There's nothing better than a great magician. I am trying to think of the first magician I knew who he was. I know he was a junior, so his dad was a junior, but he was the old school mu musician that had. It's like Blackstone Jr. Is that a person? Yeah, Harry a Blackstone Jr. And um, I called... He was playing in Wilmington at a theater that was part of, I think, the Hotel DuPont. And I called the front desk and asked to be put through to him. And he answered his phone. And I just... I, I, I couldn't speak. I just hung up. But I thought, oh my God, look what I've done. I've talked to a man who... Look how tacky and weird he is. That is the shit, that yeah. poster. It's from a Harry Blackstone Jr. poster where he has like beams of light coming out of his hands. <laughs> when he was seriously like the exact opposite of the Penn and Teller, you know. And then there used to be a magician that was like a hippie and would talk about the power of illusion. And he used to do like Merv Griffin. Uh, yeah, Doug Henning. And he was on Broadway, and I was like, this guy. He was almost, yeah. <laughs> look, look how 70s and gay and weird that is. It's bizarre. Yeah. 
He was the magician not in a tuxedo. Well, he was really like the new age magician. Here he is just, I don't know, levitating a small fairy woman. That's been whatever the equivalent of Photoshop was back then into this poster. God damn, this guy's amazing. <laughs> now, Chris, did you, uh, Fez had this question earlier. He said to me, did, what did you think that was magic when you were a kid? And I can't think of anything. Did you ever think that anything in reality was magic? I thought when I was really young, I thought airplanes were magic. That the ability for, for these, these giant devices to fly through the sky, I thought it was magic. I didn't understand combustion <laughs> engines or whatever, or jet fuel. I was a dumb little kid. But I really thought, like, that's, this, is, this can't be happening. And then, like, you, you get off, you, know, you get on an airplane, and then, then you get off, and then you're in some new place. That seemed, that was kind of, it's like kind of magical. Did you fly? No, but I, I, my parents did, and they would and tell they, me they about it. They would talk to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> Dicks. Um, what about you, Fez, since you brought it up? Yeah, when I was very little, I thought the escalator was magic stairs. I didn't know how it did it, how it kept going, and just assumed, all right, that's magic power in action right there. <laughs> the endless staircase? Yes! <laughs> I actually, um, I learned a trick from the Dick Van Dyke show that I would do uh, with people and when I was a little kid. So you hold up a blanket. You always do it in the kitchen. And then when you pulled it down, they were gone. But they just crawled into the cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like, do it for my sister. Like, there it is. My mom was like, who pushed the pans back? I go, why are you screaming? Why... Why do you care how far the pans are back? <laughs> There's some great stuff going on. Um, here's John. John, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, Brewer was on a few years ago with O&A talking about going to some bed and breakfast that Doug Henning was managing. And he got in a hot tub and wanted to have a three-way with Brewer and his wife and smoking pot with him. Wow. I didn't. When did Doug Henning die? Not sure. Uh, 2000. So he must have been really young when he was on uh, Broadway, because that seemed like it was in the 70s. Yeah, he would have been... 25 or 26. Yeah, mid-late 20s. Here's the Pharaoh's tomb. It's a great mustache. Uh, Mike, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Ronnie B, a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, apparently there's this, uh, there's this army base by me, uh, Earl, it's called, and they do, uh, the Star Spangled Banner and the flag salute every morning, uh, it's any military base does. And the people now that live by it are starting to complain that 8 o'clock in the morning is too early to be woken up. And they want them to stop doing what, apparently, naval tradition, everyone I've heard, everyone does, and I, as an American, I feel it's an honor to see something like that or hear it. Not every morning. Not every morning you don't need to hear it. (laughs) Maybe if they did it inside, nice and quiet. Um, I I think, you know, you're always going to have people complaining about noise. Please. Whether it's an honor or not. My buddy lived near Indian Point, the nuclear power plant, and they had the air raid sirens going constantly, thinking the fucking world's going to end. Just deal with it. 
So you're saying if you lived next to this place at eight o'clock every morning, you would hear a band playing and it wouldn't bother you? Well, they move it's, out. Yeah, move. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying, man. It's not like they started doing it yesterday. All right, but like in on my block and in my building, no construction before nine o'clock. I don't understand why they just can't do the national anthem at nine o'clock. Do it after breakfast. <laughs> Everyone go and have breakfast. Look, this thing that happened yesterday in Buffalo, I think is like the most anti-American thing. Buffalo, when they played the Jets, they wanted to prove that they were tough. So they put out a giant American flag and then had the city of Buffalo rip it in half before the game. <laughs> Now, if I'm president of the United States, you know what I would do? What's that? Double taxes for everybody who lives in that city. Double taxes. You want to rip a giant American flag in half? You're going to pay twice the, the taxes. Might as well just pour gasoline all over it. Matter of fact, if I was president, I would double tax a lot of motherfuckers. That would be my shit when I was mad at them. You just got double taxes. But I'm not making any money now. That's right. So see, maybe now it'll change the way you fuck around. You just got double taxes. I just tear that flag and have it look cool. That's all. That's, Do you think that's why they did it? Yeah. It just it just looks pretty dope. It's just like this giant it, thing. I think it's in. a message. You know, we're ready to join Canada. We're right here on the border. Let's go. Good riddance. I don't like a giant flag anyway. I find them to be ridiculous. I find like it's it's mocking the United States of America. Where do they even make this giant a flag? It has to be a huge textile factory. The first thing that I would do if I was president of the United States, I mean, first fucking day, yeah. I'd get rid of one of the states. <laughs> just to let the other states know I'm not fucking around. Yeah. Okay? It's just like when you go to prison, you got to hit somebody that first day. So if now, I'm president, I'm either going to, I'll tell them, you're either out or you're getting double taxes for the next four years. <laughs> it's up to you. So Wisconsin can be on its own or everyone's just broke in the in the state. You know I'm probably going to get rid of either Hawaii or fucking Alaska first because there's too much maintenance there. They're too far away for me to keep checking on as the president. My old, my, my belief, and I stand with this, if you want to be a state, you got to touch a state. Period. You're going to be leaned up against another state. If not, double taxes, motherfuckers. <laughs> you could always get one that didn't go your way in the Electoral College. Well, between, no matter who you are, between Hawaii and Alaska, one of them didn't vote for you. Because one of them always goes Democrat, the other one always goes Republican. You want me to do that fucking card trick again? No, do my it. lip still hurts. Do it. From your magic. Thank you. I love illusions. And by the way, not only would I be getting rid of one of the states, I'm getting rid of all the fucking territories. Oh. I don't need it. Puerto Rico, done? Done. Wow, so now it's just, now just an island nation. For real, for real. Well, the first thing I would do is take everything out of there. I'd gut <laughs> that fucking place. <laughs> I'd go in, take all the money out of the banks. Get the Bacardi factory. Burn the beaches. <laughs> just kerosene out there. <laughs> I wouldn't leave anything. Now it's yours again. Bye. But I would do that to win the respect of the other states. You know, nope. you got to make them respect you. I think it'll be fear more than respect. They see you just it's better to be feared than loved. Yeah.
they were just. In the case of your girlfriend, you love and fear her. <laughs> I love her. I know you love her, but then you fear she's going to find out. Find out what? How bad she fucked up, Chris. <laughs> no, she no. How long have you been with her? Seven years. Then it sounds like this year is a diamond engagement ring for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no diamond engagement rings. Why not? They cost large amounts of money that I do not have. I can get you one on time. Oh yeah. Yeah, you'd be paying. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I'm good at the diamond ring. Thank you for the offer. I'll get you a ring same way I got Dave his. <laughs> Just do some libraries. Sure. No, I'm good. Thank you. No. Very happy. Everybody hates Steven Stinger. He'll be all fucking part of it. Um. Craig, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. All I got to say is Ronnie B for president, hashtag double taxes. One of you fuckers is getting double taxes. Uh, Mike, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, I was hoping you could bring back some of those really hot Puerto Rican chicks before you burn a joint down. Apparently, you've never had a long relationship with a Puerto Rican girl. Uh, <laughs> Best to keep them in Puerto Rico. That's a vacation thing. Or up to Not a girlfriend thing. Uh, Nick, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, uh, going back to the David Blaine thing, look up, there, there's a video of David Blaine, and this is the ultimate of fucking with black people. He goes into a jail, man, and he bends the fucking bar cells, and, and just to watch the reaction on these guys' face, they're like, I've been trying to do that for years, what the fuck? It's, it's worth watching, man. So he actually did it in jail? Yeah, they let him into the jail. And he they, he they made know. a black penis disappear into his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like to go visit someone in a jail. Never been. Uh, it's uncomfortable. Can't. It it's uncomfortable. Be, right? Was it through glass or did it was? Uh... No, I got to sit next to him in a, in a like um, gymnasium type setting on these uncomfortable things. But at the time, uh, me and another friend went, and I'll just say a, a person from a certain motorcycle crew started having dry sex with his girlfriend right next to us. Okay. Turning into wet sex. <laughs> where we tried not to watch, but it was hard not to. You can't you know you can't interrupt. I mean it's their one time. It is their time. No. You know, unfortunately they shared their time with my time. Was it oral or crotch? It was crotch. Okay. <laughs> crotch sex. <laughs> Yeah, David Blaine went to Louisiana State Penitentiary. He's bending it. I see you bend that ball like, like that. I ain't never seen that happen. <laughs> Incredible hole. No problem at all. How? Oh. Everyone has to laugh at him because he's big. That wasn't a funny line, but you're just like, yeah, that's good shit. He's raped and stabbed most of us. <laughs> Do me a favor and don't rape me tonight because... I mean, you had that great line earlier. I got to work earlier in the morning. Fucking <laughs> David Blaine. Amazing. Living life through magic. Living life through magic. I can't wait to see Woody Allen on this. That's gonna be that's gonna be hysterical. I can't wait. 
so let's go over how many things that we we went and saw. I saw them first in ice. I think I saw them underwater that time. Um, and didn't he do something in the park once? Upside down. Hanging upside down. Hanging, hanging upside down in the park. Yeah. And they did another thing. I think maybe in by Thirty Fourth Street or Herald Square, maybe where there was like a Tesla coil. And was shooting electricity. Oh, yeah, 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 I went to that. And then he did one in the park down here where he just stood on a platform. Guy probably seen him do like six or seven stunts now. Yeah. He fucking loves it. Did he do Barry Alive here? I've seen him more times. Yeah. I've seen him more times than I've seen the stones. <laughs> yeah, Buried Alive was with water, which annoyed me. I like Buried Alive to be actually buried alive. But you have to be able to to see him. Uh, if you like this, Scientology has a new building in Clearwater, Florida, and you will get superpowers. You have to be, I guess you have to be clear to do it, right? Yeah, you got to be clear. It's extra stuff. Some of these guys have superpowers. John Travolta is now able to grow grass on his head. That's his superpower. <laughs> <laughs> That's the superpower that he picked up. John Travolta's head got scary. He's also been like shaving it for a bunch of movie roles lately, and that's weird. I'm just looking at the David Blaine when little David Blaine, um, the collection of freaks that Dave <laughs> took with him. Well, contest winners at one time. Um, James, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, I just wanted to point out that uh, the amazement of the trick itself was great radio. And uh, to know the trick would just be kind of a, uh, uh, it would be wrong, you know. So, uh, that, but the, the whole idea was bullshit, was bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking hysterical. You just did bullshit, dude. You're not really a fucking wizard. <laughs> You're exposed. Now everyone knows your dark, dark secret. You're not Gandalf. I'm going to tell you something. I don't even think Gandalf is Gandalf. No, he is Gandalf. Well, then he dies and came back as Gandalf the White. Uh, Gandalf is doing a play across the street from us right now. <laughs> I haven't seen him yet. I'm hoping. I, I stand out there and smoke, and I'm like, where the hell are these guys? Where are these two old dudes? I want, I'm big fans of both of them. Yeah, they're in the back. I think? Yeah. Aren't they both gay? No, uh, Gan uh, Gandalf was he he uh, married uh, Captain Picard with his uh, new girlfriend. What? That makes he you married gay. Captain Picard? No, no, no. He 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 was. You like understand the, how crazy like, that is? He was like the priest or whatever. He was. Uh, he he's he a priest, so he's Catholic now. <laughs> he officiated the ceremony of Ca uh, Patrick Stewart's wedding. Oh, you mean he has the internet and sent away for something? <laughs> <laughs> They're very good friends. Uh, Vito's going to do a thing on college parties today. Yeah. Um, apparently, a lot of colleges have parties. Now, since um, Vito doesn't go to a real college, <laughs> where does Vito go? He goes, I think, to a, a new school, I believe he goes to. No, he doesn't go to the new school. New school is difficult to get into. <laughs> Send Vito in here. Come on in, I Vito. think he does something off the same thing that you find it on the back of a comic book. You can stay there, bro. Last thing I want is Vito fucking all caught up in this. No, he's Vito's a train wreck. What? I can hear him he running. 
Uh, Vito, do you know any magic tricks at all? No. Would you like to learn any? Okay. I'm going to teach you the Fez Watley mustache trick. <laughs> this is a good one, dude. I could easily teach you how to get $45 from Fez. <laughs> but what comes out is going to surprise you. What appears at the end. I, I had to plug some of these on mass. It's Thursday... And uh, my team's got to jump on this. Yeah, that's uh, Bobby Moynihan unmasked at 12 noon this Thursday, November 21st. And it's a twofer, Josh Gad unmasked at 3.30. Uh, we're only pushing one of the unmasked. We had this discussion today. Josh Gad. All right, then let's push that. Josh Gad is happening at 3.30 p.m. this Thursday, November 21st. Go to the iBang to sign up to see Josh Gad. All right, let's go over this now. You've done a, a box up on the iBank today. What is it about, Vito? Well, it's about like college parties. Like you go and you drink for the whole weekend or just maybe a day. But All right, so this isn't like a college party where it's in Bobby's dorm. Yeah, this is like across all of the campus. This is a big deal for the college. Now, what school do you go to, Vito? I go to School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. We don't have one of those. Okay. <laughs> now, is there a dorm there? Yes. And how long is your school for? Four years. It's a four. It's, it's a, a real credit? school. Yeah. Is it tough to get into? Uh, it depends on like the department. Like the uh, graphic design department is like one of the best in the country. Um, the film department. One of the worst. No, but I know not everybody gets in. So, but most people don't. A lot of people get in. Yeah. I'm, an, I'm an undergrad there right now. <laughs> I said I got a if cell I'd phone. If I called them and said I had a check, could I get into this college? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh boy, right. you know. Let's go over this. Uh, this is 20 schools, and we'll pick out the some of the best. Uh, what's your first one? Well, the first one, State Patty's Day, which is probably one of the biggest in like the country. Everybody knows about it. It's over at Penn State. And um, it's not on St. Patty's Day, the real day. Mm -hmm. It's before they go on their break. And people just go out and get hammered like it was All right, so day. the fact that they're always on spring break during St. Patty's Day lets them have a state Patty's Day. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go cool or lame on this one. Chris, lame. What's lame about it for you? It's it's not it's not St. Patrick's Day. If you know, party on St. Patrick's Day. It's St. Patty's Day. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's just a rip off of St. Patrick's Day. Lame. Mike Kaka, cool or lame? I'm going cool. Oh, what do you like about it? Um, I like that it's just a great excuse for people to dress up like idiots again and right. uh, celebrate it because they couldn't do it in person because they were on break, so they made their own day so they could all be together. All right, Fez, you are going to be the dividing break in this one. Uh -huh. Whatever you say makes it cool or lame. Cool or lame, State Patty's Day. I think St. Patty's Day is cool. Mm. I think they're the first to do St. Patrick's Day, and it works for them. They're the first to do St. Patrick's Day. I'll have to call the Catholic Church <laughs> and check in with that. Um, to me, I don't do it for. I don't like it for one reason. They molest kids there at that school. Forgot about that. Joe, Joe Paterno apparently molested a bunch of kids. Uh, it was Paterno. I thought it was. He was the one who got drummed out. <laughs> you know what I would do if I was president to that school? What's that? Double taxes for everybody who's in there. <laughs> Well, let them fucking learn a little bit how we feel about kids. All right, what's next? Next one is Roundup. The Roundup is over at University of Texas, Austin. Um, there's two Roundups. There's one that's hosted by the school, and then there's this one that's hosted by the Greek system, where there's just parties all day. There's music, um, pool parties, and 
people just go nuts. Chris, cool or not? No, cool this, or is, lame? this isn't cool. This lame? Is lame. This Why? is lame. Uh, it's because it's it's not the official one. It's just it's, it's just kids just fight, just partying. It's, this is just another any. That sounds like weekend. a good thing when kids party. Fez no, cool or lame. lame? This one is cool. I like this. It, it takes in the entire school. They keep it going. It's uh, they sustain this party. I think this one's cool. Mike Kaka, you're the breaking vote here. I'm going lame. Because? I saw the video and everybody's fist pumping. Yeah, well, it is the Greek system. Yeah. yeah. So you can't get more lame than that. Yeah. All right. Uh, that one's down. Uh, what's the third one? The next one is Vaisha over at Iowa, Iowa University. Now, originally, the name stood for, like, the different acronym. It was an acronym for all of the different things. At all the, school, the different like all things. All the different majors in their university. And now it's just a general word. And it, they have a huge music festival. What school is this? Iowa State. All right. Hicks, Core, Lamb. This is lame. They, they don't, it's not even what it originally was. They don't even have the, the majors and the name anymore. It's just lame. Mike, Core, Lamb. I'm going lame also. All right. So we don't even get to Fez. It's just lame. And you're based on is lame because it's Iowa? No, I was all right, but it looks like a bad backyard party. <laughs> yeah, this is Bush League. All right, we're going cool and lame on these college parties right now. You could also go over the iBang and check these out. Um, what's the next one? The next one's East Carolina University party like pirates, pool parties. Oh, God. They just have a bunch of pool parties and they dress up like pirates. Oh, Chris, Core Lamb. This is so fucking lame. This is just <laughs> stupid. This looks like the Vito, top of the this list. is retarded. That looks fun. I don't it's know what you're nuts. talking about. Pirates are fun. They're Everybody LARPing. Was. They're LARPing. Well, pirates in the Caribbean was huge. Everybody's. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that undergraduate ass. Uh, Mike, Core Lamb. I got to go lame also. All right. Uh, lame. We're in trouble for most of these having the opportunity to win because Chris Stanley has voted lame every <laughs> single time. Um, also, these are up on the iBag. Give us the next one, Vito. The next one is the Rites of Spring Festival over at Vanderbilt University. Um, they get really big names to come and play, so it's not like a small concert. They actually get huge people to come and play. Like I think they had the Black Eyed Peas one year. Oh, that is cool. That's you know, that lame. <laughs> no lame. Black Eyed Peas lame. That was back when it was like a thing to have the Black Eyed Peas. Like even when then, was that? it was fucking two thousand two. Yeah, like party. Let's get bump. Let's get this party started. Bump, People bump, pump. Bump, bump. Oh, there's Fergie. I'm so drunk. No, black. Then screw off, man. You know when the first hit came out, you were singing along. That Let, where's the love? No, let's get retarded. No, that the, the where's the love thing came before. No, it did it? Yeah. Yeah. No, Vanderbilt, lame. Thumbs down. Mike, lame or cool? Lame. All right. Yeah. Fez, you haven't gotten a vote for a while. <laughs> no. And, <you've, laughs> and, and Fez has voted super cool because they're keeping it going every single time. It's the same <laughs> It's the same thing. Um, these are up on the iBang. What's next? The next is the Little 500. The week of the Indy 500, they have this thing over at um, ISU, and it's like... People have parties set around these bike races that take over the campus, so they have like the day off. Oh, this is like that movie, right? Um, from the seventies. One the breaking away. Yeah, breaking away, where the kid acted like he was Italian. Yeah. Uh, Hicks, core lame. This is lame. They're just piggybacking on the Indy Five Hundred. This is this is the, this is the Indy Five Hundred's weekend. This Indiana <laughs> University's fucking bush league bullshit. No lame. Uh, Mike. I gotta go cool. Breaking away with my favorite movies. Love that movie, too. Fez Watley, you're going to be the per person who uh, breaks the tie. This is very cool. 
Because they keep it going? They're keeping it going <laughs> all through 500 weekend. <laughs> all right, what's next? Next is culture shock at SUNY Purchase. Yeah. I wonder like which way somebody's going to vote for this one. I mean, this, is the, this is the first time we're allowed to do cool... Lame or fag? So, <laughs> Chris, what do you pick? Oh, I went to SUNY Purchase, and it's fag. There's a fucking fair. It's fag. There's a fucking Ferris wheel there. Well, yeah, the carnival came in. All right, see, I know this from experience, dude. Yeah. All right? So they, yeah, they bring in um, big musical acts like the Wu-Tang Clan. They bring in a Ferris wheel. They bring in a carnival-esque atmosphere, and everyone gets totally whacked. Culture shock is totally cool. Mike, I'm torn on this. I think lame. Oh, you've never been then, man. Come on, I, shit. Ferris wheel? I don't know. Chris, you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Fez Watley is the deciding vote. <laughs> Fez or lame? Now oh, this is so lame. Oh, <laughs> you surprise. You surprise. How short this is. It's like they can't even keep it going. <laughs> it's like three <laughs> days it's like long. A school fun fair. Oh please, it's it, you've never been. It's amazing. It looks look, like an look. elementary school carnival. <laughs> One year they renamed Vulture Cock. That was my favorite year. <laughs> uh, what's next? Uh, next is Marathon Day over at Boston College. Now, because the marathon goes through the campus, the students get the day off, and they take that as a just a reason to drink all day and just go nuts. Hicks, cool or lame? This is lame. I have no love for this college <laughs> or this party. Again, they're just piggybacking on top of other events. I mean, come on. Culture, what's, what's culture shock fucking piggyback on? <laughs> Nothing. It's like, hey, we've had a great semester, guys. Let's fucking book some bands and have a great party. Come on, oh, everybody. Party? You're going to have a fucking Ferris wheel to bounce you out? <laughs> it's not piggybacking. This is just they get a day off. So they're partying on their day off. Exactly. It's a day off of the Boston Marathon. It's not Marathon Monday. <laughs> That's stupid. Sorry, Vito. This is lame. That girl's looks like she's about to get raped. <laughs> I hope not. Mike, what do you think? Core lame. I'm going lame. I, I saw a couple of fake cowboys in the crowd there. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> then Fez doesn't get a vote. What's next? The next one is walk-in laydown, a.k.a. wild, over at Washington University. Now, oh. this is pretty. This is actually done by the school. The school sets up chairs and like inflatable furniture for the students to just chill on. Cool. <laughs> oh, alrighty, you're in cool. <laughs> no, 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 sarcasm. You gotta be very careful, my friend. Well, they set up furniture and they like even let the students who are 21 and up drink on campus. And just students come and like hang out. They do it once in the fall, once in the spring. So I should call this a school because the schools letting the kids drink on campus. No, this is lame. No, it's anyone, wild. Anyone who drinks on that campus is a fucking narc. Washington University, you're lame. Seriously, oh, the college lets us go let us drink. Oh, let's cow out to them. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, you let me let me have a beer on campus. <laughs> Screw you. Doing it every day anyway. No, lame. Mike Corlin. I gotta go lame also. Mm. Same reasons. Same reasons. <laughs> I'm not personally as I'm <laughs> angry. <laughs> no, I'm not as angry. They're 21. They're drinking. Or before 21. They're drinking anyway. <laughs> All right. What do we got next? Okay. Next, we got over from SUNY Cortland, which I'm a huge fan of because I go up to Cortland. That's where I party. Monroe Fest. It used to be called. Now it's called Clayton Fest. By the way, you just sound like you were an MTV fucking <laughs> <laughs> That's where I go to party. So I know you guys are going to dig it too. <laughs> 
Alright, what happens here? Um, well, so the students pretty much just take over this whole block, the hill on Clayton over in uh, Cortland. Mm -hmm. And at night there's a concert, but people just day drink all day, like, party in the streets. It's a lot of fun. Like, I went last year, Steve Aoki performed at night, mm. but the streets were nuts. Like, everybody was out, and it was a really good time. You loved it. I loved it. Chris, cool or lame? Look, Cortland's, is that up by um, Ithaca? Yeah, they're like right next to me. Yeah, I hang out with the fucking townies in Ithaca, and they hate Cortland, so we kiss my ass. This party's lame. Why do you hang out with townies from Ithaca? <laughs> I just ran I just, when I went to SUNY Purchase, I hung out with a bunch of townies from Ithaca who went to school there, they're and they did rivals. not like the Cortland kids. They're big rivals. It's There's a whole thing about it. They do not like the Cortland kids, so Cortland Lane. No townies like <laughs> the people who come there for the college and fuck all the local girls. <laughs> That's what nope. up the stuff And have nicer cars. Oh, yeah, those kids, yeah. Cortland's a very nice school. Yeah, no thanks, though. Uh, Mike? Cortland. I don't know. It didn't look like anything special in the video. <laughs> 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 I can attest it was very special. <laughs> you didn't really sell it that well. Everyone's calling no. it lame. All right, what do you got next? The next one is Mayfest over at Syracuse University. Um, this is also one that's kind of run by the school. They cancel classes for student accomplishments. It used to actually be about honoring students. <laughs> All right, this video <laughs> that accompanies it. This is lame, dude. It used to be honoring students, but now it's just students getting fucked up and playing beer pong. Jamie Vavaro loves it. <laughs> this, there's not even anyone about a DJ booth. This thing, this thing's That's dying. Because they're on the busy bottom. out partying this, like this, that. This part. You are joyless, kid. You know that. You got a fucking dark heart. Look at these jerks dancing uh, around. Mike Corlane. I, I gotta go lame too. Jesus <laughs> Christ, we're lame in most of these the things. The videos ruin it. Look, culture shocks the shit, right? That was that's a fun time. Well, that didn't make our core lame. No, it became lame. I was voted out again. <laughs> Blowhard was right about you. He's been right about nothing. All right, what's next? The next one is the Jungle Party. Okay. It's over at University of Arizona. Um, the frats host these par uh, pool parties that are, like, all jungle-themed, and, like, they have, like, waterfalls, and they have DJs, and they hang out in the pool. Why? It's fun. You're just, you just hate life. No, it's racist. Jungle Party? Yeah, I know what that means, Vito, and I, I see a bunch of white people in this fucking video. What do you want? Oh, so you think it's straight racism? Yeah, this, is, this is totally racism. It looks like a fucking water park day. And it looks like a bunch of mostly dudes at this, this thing. Yeah. Dudes having a great time. That girl's lovely. They had to call it a wet dick party. <laughs> <laughs> Come get your dick wet. All right, lame or cool? It's lame. Too many dudes. Mike. Lame. Too lame many guys up. again. You guys hate guys. <laughs> All right, what's next? By the way... Your thing isn't getting over here. You you love all these, right? I love all of these. I want to go to every single one of these and have a great time. Well, if you ever get that job for MTV, the way you've been cheering, <laughs> they'd love to have you. The MTV Spring Breaks guy? Yeah. Do they still do that? Yeah. Uh, this is Vito, and I just got busted for rape last night. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lawyer on a retainer, so Come I think it would be okay. All right, let's do that again, because you struggled with the retainer. <laughs> Um, am I the only one who just feels like you could have put up one of these and we would have got it? <laughs> they all act the same. They all do the same thing. I like that it's spanning the country. The country though. I mean, I don't like any of the parties, but 
It's very inclusive of the entire, like, you know. Hey, West- everyone does the same thing. <laughs> like a Chili's, a partying. All right, what's next? <laughs> the next one is Slope Day at Cornell. All right, that's fucking wow. racism. Yeah, for jungled party and then Slope Day. I don't get it. <laughs> What's racist? It's just mm. people love slopes. Oh, <laughs> that's fucking racism. Oh, have we forgot party. my lie? His next party, Jaime Wednesday. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, <laughs> you don't teach us about racism by being more racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the last day of classes, they go out with a bang on the hill, and there's big musical acts. There's nice music. The student, the the campus Those are two live crew. Oh, me so horny. Oh, me so horny. Two live crews here again this year? <laughs> Who else are they going to get? The fucking four, five, six, seven, eights? <laughs> um, here's Andrew. Andrew, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Hicks. At my college, we used to have this thing where we would just hang out in the dorm room and drink and smoke. Is that lame or cool? That's cool. Yeah, that's what I see. <laughs> <laughs> I also ran from cops. That was fun. That's embarrassing. I didn't get caught most of the time. Anytime that you have to run because of what you're doing is embarrassing. Instead of staying and explaining why you have every right to do this. <laughs> They're not going to listen to me. Corey in Georgia. You're on Ron and Fez. Yeah. Corey. Yes. Yeah, University of Georgia, Athens, Georgia. They got the Midnight Criterium bike race. There's about 50 bars in a in the race in the race thing downtown, and it's held at midnight. And it's just uh, an all day festival with concerts and booze and everything. Yeah. I like Athens, though. I was in Athens before, and it's a fucking great town, man. Seriously, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fucking really cool. Southern chicks. Did Athens make your list, Vito? No. Figures. Why the REM hate? I don't have anything against REM. I just love binge drinking. You are a fucking Greek boy. That's what you're You're all about the frats. No, I don't like the frats. I just like day drinking. No frats won't let you in unless you get the nickname Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them you're queef on the air. (laughs) They might Uh, like that. What do we got next? The next one we have is the... uh, Clam Jam over at Fairfield I really love it. So, Anti-women. Well, they go. They actually go and hang out on the beach, and they have beach parties. <laughs> this fucking guy in the video. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's really fucking cool. Right. Now, what? What? Where is this at? What beach is it? Uh, it's well. This is in Fairfield University. Where um, is that? Fairfield University is in Connecticut. <laughs> okay. What beach are they fucking hanging out? They are hanging out at Fairfield Beach. Oh, I don't okay. think you're at a beach if you're on the Long Island Sound. Well, they treat it like it's, it might as well be spring break in Cancun. <laughs> yeah, this is this is lame. This this is sad, really. If if you're gonna call this a beach, a party there. <laughs> Look at that. It's a fucking redneck Riviera. Oh my god, this is disgusting. <laughs> There's be- fucking condoms laying all over the place. <laughs> all the partying that went down there at Clam Jam. No, th- those are rapes that happened. Do they eat clams, clams though? Uh, I think they do. That turns I would me like then. to believe they do. Yeah, I'd like to believe they do too. Hicks, cool or lame? It's lame. That, that, the beach thing threw me off. Mike? Lame. All right, we're not getting any calls in here. Fez has a vote in 40 minutes. <laughs> Next one, you guys might like this one the Mifflin Block Party. This one actually had to be stopped for years because it turned into rioting. Cool. Um, 
cool but dude alert. It's a block party, and students just went fucking nuts. And like, uh, what school is this? This is at University of Wisconsin, Madison. I didn't think that they would riot there. What were they rioting over? Were Wait, these are the whitest well, parties you ever saw in your life. Yeah, huh? there's no black people at any of these no. things. Well, there's one. By the way, Madison's a fun town too. Especially when these kids take over it. I doubt well, it. I don't know about that. Doubt I have to start stomping these fuckers quick. All right, a beer bong, cool. Yeah, that helps you drink beer when you don't know how to. <laughs> Are these people getting arrested? Look at that. See, that's that's fucking that's harsh, dog. I don't want to see anybody arrested. I just told you, I run away from the cops most of the time. Well, that guy's not as fast as you. Travis, you're on the run of face show. How we doing? I was just gonna let you guys about Cortica at Cortland this past weekend, the Ithaca Cortland football game. Yeah. They had a riot on Clayton Avenue and they had to call in the heavies from Binghamton. Now why would they have a riot? Because <laughs> the, the Ithaca Cortland football game is a big uh big rivalry like they said. All right, let me Portland. let me point this out. This is one of the complaints from Baconier. Why are we so central New York, Abby, in this list? <laughs> <laughs> this whole area is dying a slow, painful death. <laughs> Harley says, it's only a party when Pepper falls backwards with a needle in his arm. Oh, Jesus, come on. Joe says, what, no freak, Nick, you fucking racist? He is. Vito's coming off very racist during this segment. I love everybody. Except black people. I love black people. Oh, what do you got next? The next one is Kendall Day over at Ithaca. Uh, Ithaca's right by Cortland. Um, Jesus! Yeah, I hung out with the townies, I know, I told you Those already. are his friends. And uh, this is just to celebrate the end of the year finals, you know. It's kind of like spring fling over at Cortland, but just day drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, like over at Cortland, sure. <laughs> New York doesn't have any fucking big central state place, so every one of these parties gets mentioned in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous how fucking local you've made this, Vito. Because the local parties where it's at. <laughs> What people New York that know to that do live it. over all over everywhere. The entire country. They don't. I'm trying to bring out New York tourism. <laughs> oh look, that cool kid's drinking two beers at once. Oh look at Stone Cold. I'm over already. There. I'm not even gonna put the vote. This is lame. Yeah, this is. Dude, here's a kid just killing a fucking court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he's just talking that shit. <laughs> oh, these are awful, Vito. What are you doing, dog? Um, here's uh, Chris in Wisconsin. You're on the Ron Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ron. How you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, the Mifflin Block Party is a riot, uh, literally. Uh, there was firebombing cars, and it was just insane. Techno parties in backyards. Um, It'd be great if they were firebombing to fucking change the government. Not just because they're all fucked up. Don't break up my party, bro! Yeah. God, you gotta hate kids these days. Well, what do you got? Next is Frat Beach, which I know right away you guys are all going to hate. I kind of feel like I like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is another thing where all the students just head to a beach and they fucking get drunk. Where? What beach? You got to be specific. It's in Georgia. And what beach is in Georgia? Oh, it's it's in University of Florida, Georgia. And the what? beach is... There's no University of Florida, Georgia? No, it's I'm sorry. It's University of Florida versus Georgia football game. And this is what they do to drink for the game. They don't call it Frat Beach. It's the world's biggest cocktail party. Oh, it's a very famous party. Oh, well, everybody calls it Frat Beach now. No, they don't. No, that's they, what, they've never done that. Now it's all about frat. But, see, it's so long that Fez has voted that his throat got <laughs> caught up with 
you're getting these wrong. Go to the next one. You won't get this one wrong. This yeah. is Cortica. Is this your fucking party? I just went this weekend. Oh, my God. Let's guess. Another Central New York one? Yes, that was the one the guy just called about the rioting. Oh, look at these Lame. broads. They're real winners. No, it's not. It was Lame. someone. I'm in this video. Lame. You're in this video. Yeah, this is last year's Cortica. <laughs> Lame. Look at these. They're Snooky fucking <laughs> playing with himself. <laughs> well, look, this is this one gets really, like, yeah. Um, on Saturday during the day, they had to call in cops from other counties. Um, their kid jumped off of a roof. Why is that good when the cops come in? That means the party gets... No, the party. Are you really in this video? Yeah. The party didn't get canceled. Show us where. You better not be lying, Vito. <laughs> I swear This whole you. fucking thing just got put out so you can show us a view in the video. Get your drink on, dog. <laughs> You're not in this video. I swear got him in this video. I wish you were in all of them. I yeah. wish I was too, because that means I would have been there for all of them. You're not in the video. Look what a rundown fucking town that is, too. This looks like the apocalyptic. This, this looks, looks like, like you know what it looks like? University of Hard Times. <laughs> There's just garbage everywhere in the middle of the street. Hey, cool, red cups. <laughs> That guy's just vomiting. Yeah. Somebody should stomp his shit for not being able to drink. Puking in the street like a... Sorry, Fez. That's what I was thinking. Bunch of drugs. You're not in this, Vito, yes, if you I can't find yourself. It. I watch it every day to remind myself of when I was happy. <laughs> what? You're not happy now? Come on. Why? We don't make you happy? Is that you with the long hair right there? You look Playing good, with Vito. your big titties? You look good, Vito. Yeah. Play Bam! With... Where? Go right, back and stop Bam. it. Alright. It's coming up in a second. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> you pussy. You pussy. Cool All bandana, right. bro. It says uh, cortical on it. Oh. Why don't we do this? Maybe we'll give a prize for fucking fine veto contest <laughs> over on the iBang. Uh, do you have the exact second thing? Yeah, I got it. Uh, it's in the Cortland video, and you have to put up the... Um, you're in it twice? Yeah. Is that the first one? Uh, I'm in it for like a split second at another point. I don't remember which one's first. Maybe we can't do this contest then. Uh, I can't do the contest. No. All right, what's your next one? The next one is Michigan State Tradition. Mm -hmm. Before the big Michigan State and the OSU game, all the uh, Ohio State University students jump into the lake. This one's kind of cool. This is different from all the well, other ones. Well, first of all, they don't make a big deal about playing Michigan State. They make <laughs> a big deal about playing Michigan. Oh. That's the world's most famous fucking football game. Are you telling me that this has nothing to do with this? What do you, this, is, this is Michigan. This is the big rivalry you were just talking about. And why do you have, what do you have written on it, on I your put, thing? I put Michigan State. <sighs> you idiot. I don't watch college football. <laughs> no, but you had this assignment to do. That was a pretty big party. See, this one's fun. Uh, yeah, but it's so football-centric that it, it borders on gay when guys worry so much about other guys winning a game. 
and in this, and most, it's most of these are just shirtless dudes in this fucking. Water. And this should be very cold weather, right? Yeah. So this is Ohio State. Does this? Yeah. There's a guy in a boat. He could pl- be playing a ukulele right now. <laughs> Everybody would think it was cool. Well, this one's pretty cool. It's different. You know, they're jumping into a river. I mean, a lake. Jumping into a lake drinking. It's lame, Vito. No, it's not. You all just hate pa- all fun. All your parties are lame. <laughs> the yeah. only thing you like is culture shock, and yeah, that didn't even gr- look fun at all. That looked like the saddest thing in the world. It was a great. It's a great party. It comes out every year. Got some great acts coming up there. Up in the a lot of stuff comes on every year. Purchase New York. I'm against it. I hate culture shock, and I love everything. All right, the Cortica thing. Someone wrote that you bring up Ithaca University in that, which is the fake school in Road Trip. <laughs> No, I think it's a real school. I don't know, man. Might not be Ithaca University, though. No, it's Ithaca. It's uh, yeah. Maybe see, I right, I'm seeing other people oh. are pissed off that you said Michigan uh, State. I wanted to give them better accreditation. <laughs> I think they deserve to be that. All right, I'm going to give you a zero in this. <laughs> Negative five. Make sure that he does not pass his internship. He's, he's not. Not for this travesty of frat porn is what I'm going to call this. It's not frat porn. It's fun porn. You know what? This takes me back to when Chris Stanley fucking pitched something on Friday and hadn't thought it through. <laughs> you know what? Everyone needs this Thanksgiving break. Well, Thanksgiving is going to be a wonderful time. Do me a favor. Yeah. Don't stay drunk through the whole break. I'm not. Because you have a tendency to come back more burned out after vacation than before. Sometimes I, I, sometimes I go off the rails. When Are I you going away? No, no. You no. do better when you go away with your chick than when you hang with those fucking worthless buddies. <laughs> no, they're worth so much. But no, I'm not. I'm gonna try not to. Look go at those off tornadoes that were out in the Midwest yesterday. Uh, I don't know whether you saw Soldier Field. They took everybody. Were yeah. you there for it, Mike? I was sitting at O'Hare waiting to fly here. Actually, Jesus Christ! Five hours. You flew into a fucking tornado. Yeah, that's ballsy. Yeah, it was. I crazy. flew over tornadoes before, where they made us start to rise up huh. before we came down, and there was like a bunch of like five or six tornadoes were underneath us, but all we could see is the lightning. That's horrifying. Yeah. Right, I just, saw a house go by with, um, and I saw some guys in a boat, and they pretending that they were. Uh, you know what I would do right now for Illinois? Double taxes. <laughs> I, if I was the president, I give everybody double taxes till this is taken care of. They're hurting though. They have no homes to pay taxes on. They're they're destroyed. And am I crazy, or weather is is destroying houses where it used to just rain on them? This has been a bad storm here. But let's go back the last five, ten years. It seems like there's a half a dozen to ten storms a year now that fuck with people. Well, the last two years previous, New York got hit with hurricanes. That was weird. Um, it started with hurricanes because you would get the hurricanes that kept hitting the coast of North Carolina year after year. Now it's just storms doing the same kind of damage. Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Tom. Oh, yeah. From Georgia. We're on the air. What do you need? Uh, well, I was calling about uh, the comment made about Frat Beach. Vito had it all wrong. No shit. <laughs> well, 
Well, you were right about you know it being the biggest cocktail party, but for the game the day before, all the college students from Georgia go down to St. Simon's Island and get pretty shit faced on the beach, and they've turned it into calling it Frat Beach because basically. So it's a totally different party. Yeah, it's it pretty much is. It, it's it's kind of leads into the biggest cocktail party. All right, thanks. Yeah. Uh, let's go here over to uh, Brian in Austin. Yeah, Ron. What can we do for you, buddy? Oh, I was going to tell you about Texas Relays. So it's not an actual party like put on by uh, the University of Texas, but it's such a huge party that when it gets put on, the you know the the crime rate goes up. People get shot. You know all kinds of stuff happen at night. And I think they're even talking about moving the actual relays away from Austin and going into Houston or something. I have zero interest in this um, topic. Texas relays? What? Uh, Mike in Arizona. You're on the Fez show. Mike. Who, me? Yeah. Hi. Right. Hey. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'm calling from Tucson. There's this place. Or the U of A, there's this thing, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's like a big rave. Uh, you party all day, you run, they, they spray you with neon paint, it goes on all the way to the nighttime, and they're spraying you with glow-in-the-dark neon paint, it's pretty cool. It sounds like a uh, nightmare to me. <clears throat> neon paint like marathon. I found it, a neon paint 5K. Oh, they've done one of these in Brooklyn. I don't want to run around all stupid and paint it. <laughs> but look, bro, hang out under a black light. It's all right. be dope. Now a new contest. Fez? Uh-huh. Chris Stanley? Yeah. Vito? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you starting before I start the contest? I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about stuff. First one to eat the apple. Go. Fez Watley <laughs> getting off. Oh my God. Fez Watley is eating the apple almost in what you would not, you would expect out of a rat, maybe. <laughs> He's circling the apple. Vito, very slow apple eater. Oh, I know. Soft teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Just eat. Don't try to talk, Vito. Chris Stanley picking up a lot. All right, Fez does a lot of munching, but keeps it in his face for a long time. All right, there's Chris Stanley. This is yours. I'll need a pen to mark this, Chris. Look how you're going, or that's no. the core. Fez, you're done? Mm-hmm. Much bigger core and Vito. And in this event, oh my God. the apple eating contest. Mm. <laughs> and what I did not mention, oh we had a thousand bucks on it. Oh. <laughs> no winners because the cores were left. Go over the eye bang. How to properly eat. Spit it out, Beats. Spit it out. I want you to choke. Oh my God. Spit it out. Spit it. Say baby. Say baby. Baby. Okay, he's all right. He's all right. He's not choking. 
Except baby. <laughs> um, over on the iron bank, the proper way to eat an apple. You will not be getting one, Vito, because I do not like the way you were eating. Oh. You made me nervous. <laughs> so, Fez, I want you to take it. Chris Stanley, take yours. That's a proper way. I thought I fucking housed that thing. Oh, we don't have it up yet? That we will have it up and just see that thought I housed it. <laughs> I mean, really, I destroyed both these guys. I just devoured that apple. I, Fez honestly got out to a, a much bigger lead, but you can see that he still hasn't spoke yet because he leaves it in his mouth like a rodent of some kind, hoping then to swallow faster. I got the hiccups. I need a club soda or a seltzer, please. Seltzer. Um, Come on. That's not the way a man hiccups. <laughs> um... All right, now, if you go over, turn this up. It's up on the eye bang. Okay. <laughs> I'll show you how to eat an apple. That's the way Chris Stanley ate. That's why he was disqualified. Bullshit. So they're saying eat from the bottom. Now, Chris yeah. and Fez, start to eat your apple from the bottom. And the bottom then, came right off. Yeah, <laughs> the bottom comes right off. Wow. There is no core when you eat an apple from the bottom. I feel like fucking David Blaine just fucking walked in here. This is fucked up. This just changes everything in fucking fruit eating. It does, right? This is from Food Beast, and it's made its rounds a couple times. But I had to give it an experiment because I honestly thought that it was bullshit. But as you can look over, Fez is eating slower. You can see that what we would have considered the core, the hard part of the apple, is gone. It's non-existent. This changes everything. I really, I, when I fucking bend to the bottom, I... Just think of how much money you're going to save <laughs> in your Apple purchases. This is brilliant. This is the best day of my life. Good. That's all I wanted today to be. <laughs> the best day of Chris's life. Magic with cards, magic with fruit. Because you're being much quieter about it. Are you equally as amazed? Yeah, because it look. I mean, look at where. When you get to the center, it looks like it's already been cored. Yeah. Fez, it sounds like your hiccups are already gone. And when I hand you that, you just dropped the pieces of apple all over me. <laughs> the apple's flying around here. Everything's different now. Did you get your Elvira seltzer, Fez? Yes. <laughs> so when you will finish this, there will be nothing left. Nothing left of your apple at all. That was the best fruit. Mm, I disagree. 
This blows it away. This I put apple down the third best fruit. I put a banana and orange above apple. I put apple above an orange. I'm sorry, I can't understand you. You <laughs> said too appley. Wow. You're the first one to try to compare the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got it. Well, who won the fucking athlete contest? Me. <laughs> he is right about that. Although the second, look, go. he's completely gone. Done. Is still, you're working it, huh? <laughs> Hear it. And wherever the court would have been, it's just not there. Right, but we know that from watching Chris <laughs> finish his apple completely. He didn't eat it all. It was a stem. He doesn't have to eat the stem. <laughs> I think he should have to. Whatever. You should have to go back and fix your work, Michigan State. <laughs> Now, Fez, you're also drinking a seltzer the wrong way. Yep. How are you supposed to do that? Here. You always want to drink it sitting? Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that because of the bubbles? Yeah. And lean your head back. Uh-huh. And just like <laughs> this. <laughs> there it is. Without spinning all over everyone. Oh, my and God. And I'm drowning. Oh, my God. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Zimmerman again. All right, we got a spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Now who did he spy kill? Report. Pretty boy George Zimmerman. Spy report. Just busted again. Spy report. Spy report. Spy and report. And I guess a domestic uh, disturbance call. Yeah, that's that's what the initial reports are. Not that many uh, details out yet. He's got a new girlfriend that he was visiting. Hopefully he didn't push a gun into her vagina <laughs> and scream out, who's the boss? <laughs> Here, George. That gun's cold. Take it. It's just a situation involving his girlfriend. Like a sitch? Uh-huh. Because you're really slow on that apple. All right, now I'm going to have you guys each eat a watermelon. Oh, shit. <laughs> Where do you put grapes in your fruits? Grapes up there. I like grapes a lot. They make wine, and they're just good to eat you know, on their own. That's like fourth. The grapes like fourth for me. Sometimes grapes are number one. Sometimes watermelon's my number one. I would rather eat watermelon than an apple. Really? I'd rather eat cantaloupe than an apple. No, apple's number one for me. And maybe even pineapple. Pineapple's up high for me, too. How high? That's like third or fourth. It'll it'll bounce up and down. Fresh pineapple mood. or pineapple out of a can? Well, fresh, no, like fresh fucking pineapple on the rind. It's Where are you getting it from? I get it from supermarkets. Then you're not getting it fresh. <laughs> you're, you're eating unripened pineapple. Um, Charlie, you're on the run of Fez show. Runny bee, tomato, fruit or vegetable? Well, I think wasn't the old bit that it falls into both, Fez? But I consider it, I don't consider it a fruit. It's, it's too tomatoey. It's a vegetable. I it hangs out with other vegetables. I don't know what you mean, hangs out. <laughs> you the put, produce You don't section. find tomato in a fruit salad, you find it in a vegetable salad. Okay. Oh, shit. Now that you put it that way, yeah, I will agree. Slay the fucking I didn't think about down. it as, as socializing the way you do, <laughs> but he, you are correct. If someone put tomato in your fruit salad, you'd be like, waiter, please, there's someone who's let, let this tomato in here. Who fucked this up? Oh, and one more complaint, waiter. Yeah. That fucking college bit that Vito did was just a clusterfuck and quite awful. 
I think they still look fun, and I want to go to all of them. Now, Hicks, I'm going to teach you next how to eat the banana with the peel on it. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think you were supposed to do that, because it has, like, opium in it or whatever. Opium? Yeah, right? Or poppy? Is poppy seed? Like, people can... No, poppy people, seed... You can cook up the banana peels and make some sort of dope-like substance. Uh, Tyler, you're on the run of fish show. Hey, Ronnie, uh... Categories are the best way to, to like get fruits going together. So your droops are your best fruits of everything. Your cherries, your apricots, nectarines, the best. I do think that a cherry is highly underrated as a fruit. If you get fresh cherries, you're on top of the world. I just usually deal with maraschino. That's that's sad. That's what it is. <laughs> I never have fresh cherries. Uh, Jack, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, where do we stand on the kiwi? Is it a uh, standalone type fruit or? Oh, I didn't think that this would set Fez up. <laughs> I'm surprised it took so long for someone to call with it. Didn't once occur to me. <laughs> you want to play your standalone fruit bit? Um, this is the last time Fez tried to talk about fruit. Now the blueberry is one that can't work on its own. It has to have something with it, like the kiwi. It's a uh, not a. A standalone, standalone fruit. Um, the, why don't we break here? We get back. Uh, we got a prizing about for the million days of Christmas. That's the million days of Christmas. We'll talk about that when we get back. It's the Ron Fez Show. Ron Bennington. Right. All right. Tez Wally. Yeah. This is the, the Ron and Fez Show. You walk into the room. With your pencil in your hand You see somebody naked in you You say, who is that man? You try so hard, but you don't understand Just what you will say when you get home Because something is happening here But you don't know what it is do you, Mr. Jones? You raise up your head and you ask, is this where it is? Then somebody points to you and says, it's his. And you say, what's mine? And somebody else says, well, what is? And you say, oh my God, am I here all alone? But something is happening and you don't know what it is. Do you, Mr. Jones? You hand in your ticket and you go watch the geek. Who immediately walks up to you when he hears you speak 
And says, how does it feel to be such a freak? And you say, impossible, as he hands you a bone. And something is happening here, but you don't know what it is. Do you, Mr. Jones? It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL this weekend. And, Chris, how many people did you think that we ended up with now at the at the end of this? Uh, uh, they're still in our eliminator pool. There's 28 right now, but there might be more because I don't know. I can't see who picked uh, if they picked Monday night's game. Anybody who picked Monday night's game has got to be insane. This is a game you want to stay away from. Uh, there's no way you want to go near this. With the, who knows if the Panthers are for real? The Panthers' defense is actually the shit, or who knows? Or shit. How, or shit. The shit or shit. <laughs> Or how if you if you know if Gronkowski is going to stay healthy because if Gronkowski's playing Tom Brady's going to be fine but if he gets injured again it, it's back even to when Gronkowski is um, okay he's not mentally okay he's always something crazy yeah, going yeah. on with him uh, and pl- like over this, the entire season he has been playing like his his people are now at odds with the Patriots like his whole camp is fucking oh, weird yeah. and his personal life he's crazy. Gronkowski's a well, maniac. Here's also what's going on over the weekend. Uh, the people of Philadelphia, so offended by the team uh, named Redskins, they found it so racially wrong that they started to throw eggs oh. at the bus. That's why they threw the eggs? Yes. It's the only reason they threw the eggs. What a thought that, you know, because they're playing the Eagles. No, 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 no. That yeah. had nothing to do with it. They, uh, they, they only were mad about what they considered a racial uh, and an ethnic slur. Oh. Philly fans. Philly fans, yeah. They've, they've been known to throw out... Uh, the odd thing is it just started bothering them after all these years. <laughs> Weird. That's really Anything bizarre. else big happened over the weekend? Um, in the NFL... I, those those are the big stories. I mean, Monday night. This is a game that I cannot fucking wait to see because. I Why don't you pick one right now? Give me the give me the Panthers. I think they're gonna. Good, good news, New England. <laughs> Hicks has picked the Panthers. Fez Watley, what do we have to give away today for the million days of Christmas? Christmas on the Ron and Fez show. I'm a big Christmas fan. In fact, mall security has removed me from several Santa's laps over the years. Today we're giving away Bridesmaids on DVD signed by the director, Paul Figg. It's the Ron and Fez show and the million days of Christmas. All right. Uh, we don't have much time here, but uh, we're giving out Bridesmaids signed. Uh, why don't we do this? Donovan McNabb has taken some heat for saying that NASCAR drivers are not athletes. Now, Hicks, which side do you fall on that? Uh, I, I'm on McNabb's side. These guys aren't athletes. They're drivers, not athletes. Well, what do you think makes something uh, a sport where only athletes? I guess what we're saying is athletes play sports. Yeah. And what would drivers do? 
they drive car. They they race. They drive a car in a race. So a race is not a sport. Uh, I think if you're if you're in a car in a race, no, it's not a sport. If you're running, and then it's a sport. Uh, we need someone, and we'll give out a prize for this, who can give us what we think is the perfect definition of what makes an athlete and what makes a sport. Now, I will also tell you this. I'm starting to believe that the National Football League is moving away from being sport. Really? Um, be- because I thought about this. How many game changes have they made for the viewer? Whether it's the TV viewer or the person there. Uh, to, to, uh, plenty. Commercial timeouts, everything else. On and on and on. Yeah. When you think about it, when a game is designed, if I was to say, I've got a great game for you guys. I've got a great sport that we could start playing. Uh, whether we play it on ice, in the water, on a field, doesn't matter. I would design it for the players, right? Then that's what we say, whether something is fun or not. Yeah. But when you start to develop for the people watching, you stop being a sport and you become entertainment. That's my new feeling about this, and I'm sticking to it, and I think it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, breakthrough. Um, Ken in Long Island, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, guys. Okay, so the first thing is you at least have to break a sweat doing it. Golf does not count right. this. But your way of saying it, going into a steam room is a sport, <laughs> or living in Miami is a sport. We're going to need more than break a sweat. Because let's face it, you sweat most working out, and no one considers that a sport. You have to physically train your body and mind to be able to to be able to do this. So that so to the point where you know not anyone can walk off the street and do it. So you're trying to win, not have them win. Oh. You're trying to win this bridesmaids. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Tom. Tom, you're on the Run of Fest show. Buddies, I'll, I'll go with what Ernest Hemingway was saying, and that there's only three true sports: mountain climbing, bullfighting, and racing. The rest of them are just games. Now you have to remember he, uh, and by the way, I don't think he said mountain climbing. He said boxing. Well, I was misquoting that. I'm sorry, Ronnie. Yeah, that's a mistake. Um, but yeah, because um, I don't think he brought up mountain climbing. Uh, and weirdly enough, Hicks, do you consider bullfighting a sport? No, you're just running away from a bull. It's not a sport. <laughs> Well, but you're also not competing against any other humans. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would consider alligator wrestling a sport. I think it has to stay between our species. Um, Greg, in Boston, you're on the Run and Fest show. Yeah, what do you say, buddy? Yeah, buddy. Um, I'm thinking maybe if the action or, the, or, or motion is initiated by the body, uh, then that makes them an athlete. So horse racing is not a sport. Correct. Hicks, do you consider horse racing a sport? Yeah, I consider horse racing a sport. Jockeys have to train, and they have to learn the craft of operating a horse. And the same thing is true of auto racing. If you're going to say those exact things, you train, you keep a special diet. Most of us, I don't know whether you know this, but most of us could not physically keep that car on the track. Forget even hand-eye. If you're trying to go up on a bank track, yeah. it's not an easy thing to keep it there at all. So the guys who are saying 
auto racing is not a sport. Compare auto racing with driving down 95. <laughs> Mike, I saw you nodding along. You have feelings about this. I'm a big F1 fan, uh-huh. and uh, those guys have to concentrate. And you may not think of concentration as being physically demanding, but they have to concentrate more than any other athlete, one, to stay alive, and two, not to kill everybody else around them as well. Plus, the amount of G-forces those guys face yes. every race is a physical strain. So they are top athletes physically more than probably most athletes are in regular sports. And, you know. and they train, and they watch their diet, oh, yeah. and all the, the same kind of stuff that goes into it. Um... Here's David. David, you're on the Run and Fez show. Uh, to be a sport, it needs to be physical. You need to have to train for it. There needs to be strategy, and you have to have an opponent. Car racing falls in that. Uh, golf falls in that. But here's uh, the thing. Should you – is there a defense? You know what I mean? Like, golf does not have a defense. In other words, no one can stop you from doing what you want to do. If you have a basketball, there's a defender. Yeah. Even in racing, horse racing and car racing, there is a defender that's stopping you from doing the moves that you want to do. If you golf, it's really up to you and your ability to handle pressure. No one can make a good move to stop you in golf. You can hit a... A soccer shot or a hockey shot, and 99 times out of 100, it would be a goal. But this guy makes a phenomenal play to stop you. That, to me, seems like it's got to play its way into a sport. Um, ben, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, uh, basically, it's, it's all how you get your score. Uh, if you get your score based off someone else's opinion, a judge, not a sport. Competition. Uh, so gymnastics. It doesn't uh, diminish the athletic ability needed, but it's not a sport. Um, some people might. Say right, but let me tell you this: Don't you think an NFL referee is I, really sets a tempo for a game? He, he can, but he's not saying that you got the touchdown better than me, so you get eight points. He's just saying yes or no. He's not giving me that. But score. he can take back the touchdown, unlike right. a lot of other sports where you won't see someone normally take away a home run. Um, how many times have we seen a kickoff, sometimes the most athletic play that we'll see all day long, be called back because something happened on the other side of the field? All the time. It's almost most of the time. Um, here's Tommy. Tommy, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. All right, so if racing is a sport, does that mean that astronauts are athletes? Well, you do have to be athletic to be an astronaut. Uh, The athlete who came in here the other day uh, was in his mid-50s and has just carved out a goddamn uh, marble. But he's not competing as an athlete. He's just training for his job. Yeah. Now, could there be space races someday? I imagine so. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you'd sit to watch this, though. Um, here is Dutch. Dutch, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Hey, yeah. son of a bitch. Ronnie, you hit it on the head. It has to have defense. Horse racing is not a sport. Jousting 
Well, who's racing? There is defense, defense to that. Defense. You can you can block guys out there uh, racing behind you. Like it's 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 it's, a, it's racing behind you on a horse. If you're horse racing, you got a jockey, you got a horse, and you got the guy who's fixing the race. No, you're not out there by yourself in there's, horse racing. Twelve horses out there, and, and you can get boxed out. I mean, there's defense in it. And your horse decides to kick, and they don't let you. That is a defense. Um... John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Yeah. I guess it's going back to the Donovan McNabb complaint about Jimmy yeah. Johnson. I don't know if you guys can easily find it. Yeah, that's what started this. Yeah. He, I'm sorry, I just picked up. He, he trains as a triathlete. He can run a marathon, bike 100 miles, swim 5 miles, and still drive in a car where you could lose 20 pounds in a four-hour session. I guarantee you that Donovan McNabb did not do that. Well, this. I can tell you something as an Eagles fan. Donovan McNabb was blown up in the one fucking Super Bowl that he went to. He was exhausted in the fourth quarter and didn't even attempt a fucking two-minute drill. I can't, I'll fucking wake up in the middle of the night screaming out to this day, how are you not prepared for the fucking Super Bowl? Um, there's no doubt. That most people out like Donovan McNabb was no doubt born with a lot of athletic talent, but at the one point in his life he was supposed to use it, he was exhausted. Um, here's Tim. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, my definition of sport is display of an individual or a team of a certain skill or competence against another individual or team. So, would a bake-off be a sport for you? Oh, uh, yeah, if there's some sort of judging that's, that's going to say one is more skilled than the other. Yeah, so that would be a sport. Sure, why not? A dance competition is a sport. Yeah, if one person's a better dancer, then they're the better dancer. Yeah, I don't know if that makes it a sport. You compete against someone in dance, I Yeah, guess. I mean, like, yeah. if we sit down and play cards, that's a very difficult thing to pull off. But is that a sport? Well, what's the difference between a game and a sport, then? Well, the thing is, all sports are games. Right. But not all games are sport. Right. We know that much. Yeah. Normally, for me, a sport is something that black people can do better than white people. Then I know I'm watching a sport. Um, here is Turtle. Turtle, you're on the Run of Fez show. My buddies. Hey, yeah. if you can sit down and do it, it's not a sport. If you can sit down while you do it. And by the way, I've never heard this one before. But it's kind of an interesting. Because I would have a tough guy tell, time telling the, the guys who row that they're not doing a sport. On guys on crew? Just yes, that's out. really fucking tough. That's one of the hardest things in the world. Doesn't seem like a sport, though. It's just, it's just boating. Well, what about this? Because this kind of annoys me about certain sports. Football, there is a chance that the two best players on in every game will never be on the field at the same time. You know what I mean? Hmm. So you think of yourself, here is a game where there was no real time 
for, let's say, Johnny Unitas and Gail Sayers to be on the field in the 1960s at the same time. I mean, isn't that the strangest thing ever? You really never see those two guys go at it, ever, in their lifetime. Because they both play offense. And we sit around and we're like, oh, Peyton Manning is going to be dueling against Tom Brady. But that's not true. He's never against Tom Brady. He's doing it against Tom Brady's defense. Yeah. And Tom Brady has no Which may or may not be a good defense on any given year. But those two guys really don't compete against each other. Uh, Dennis, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, you got, hey, how about uh, billiards? It's one of the oldest to figure out. Is it a sport or is it a... Uh, I, I lean to think that it's a game, and for the same reason that I kind of think that golf is a game, because it's about you and your own and your ability to deal with stress and tension and doing the same thing correctly by yourself. There's no one to stop you in billiards. But you. You should be able to make every shot. Same as golf. You should be able to make every shot. And can you? Yeah. And this will let you know how crazy golf is. If we went out and golfed and you had a five-foot fucking putt, you could probably do it. If we put $100 on it, it would be harder for you. A 1000 probably even more harder and then people lined up around there. So that game is about being able to deal with your own sense of, of stress. Um, here's uh, Sydney in Kentucky. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's up, boys? Yeah. It's, uh, it's about the relationship between the subject and the object. Uh, sport has to be a physical act by the subject. It has to be the main part of the, the action, not an object like a race car or a horse. Then you're turning the corner because, let's face it, all sports are some derivative of a fight. Fighting is the only true sport. And then you come up with rules so that you can practice and do it without hurting each other too bad and so that you can, you know, have some semblance of civilization. So it's really up to the individual. It has to be up to the individual, the subject of the, you know, the team or the athlete that's doing the major part of the action, not a, not a car or a, a, some object. Well, I like what you're saying, but I don't believe... I mean, if we're going to consider chariot racing or horseback racing which has been around since the beginning of time archery or whatever you know what i mean like yeah. these are the things that guys actually started doing first how could you not say that that wasn't a sport i wonder if they had that debate back then <laughs> wrestling that's a fucking sport archery did kiss like it's <laughs> it's hard for me to think that a guy who throws a shot put isn't doing a sport because of the physicality of it, but I guess that's closer to billiards than you know it is to other sports. I don't know whether we get an answer on this one. This is the great debate. Um, Finn, MPA, Finn, what's up? What's up, buddies? Yeah. I actually changed my mind. I think the only way it can be considered a sport is that at the end they go, I'm going to Disney World! Oh, I think Finn's the winner. <laughs> I think if you're that happy enough to go to Disney World, you win. Finn, you're the best, buddy.
Congratulations, Finn. You won today's million days of Christmas prize from the Rod and Fed show, Fest show, Bridesmaids. Fed. Signed by director Paul Fig. You know, a lot of people Fed. think of me as the younger Melissa McCarthy. Happy holidays from the Rod and Fed show and the million days of Christmas. So, Chris, you feel like you're satisfied at the end of this? The Disney World thing made a lot of sense. Um, I know Eastside Dave always claims that it has to have a ball to be a sport. <laughs> no ball? Bullshit. Even though, you know, a rubber ball itself is only, what, 110 years old or something ridiculous? <laughs> Alright, that is it for us. we got to follow this in a way. Chris Stanley... You can keep this apple and yes. then later show your friends. I can't wait. I'm going to fucking blow Maybe mines. it could be a bar trick where you say, Hey, check out this apple. I'm pretty hungry right now. <laughs> what? No, I don't eat it from that direction. Shouldn't I, though? <laughs> Shouldn't I? That's good. <laughs> I like that angle. And let me get a hard cider, too, to wash this down with. Thanks, barkeep. Oh. All right, Paul says this about golf. If you can go out to dinner and what you just played in, uh, it's not a sport. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is going to be bad news for softball players who go to bars. <laughs> like, when I was in Little League, I wanted to keep the uniform on forever, but I'm so embarrassed for adult softball players who are standing in a, in a bar and this stuff. That's it for us. See you back in here tomorrow, Run a Fest Show. And that's the end of my show. Donk.